Carter Woods here 20. This here's the podcast crew. We're hauling up at 901, about to hit the airwaves. Ready for cocktails? Cool characters. And the explosive relationships. You'll only find in cocktail. Well, rhythm. Your blenders. Or an earful of cocktail. There's a place. The world's most popular cocktail podcast. That's where you want. Cinema cocktails will find much like that is if you're not some no good yuppie breaker breaker good buddy expect in-depth analysis breaking news about the cast and crew a little barman poetry and we'll even have a few of Coglin's laws Coglin's law never show surprise never lose your cool Hello and welcome to an earful of cocktail. My microphone is, is very your microphone's far away. very far away. Now it's close. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Terrible sounds. It makes it. It's like it's like in your knees, uncreaked at the end of a nice work day. It's Disastrous nice start. Time to. I know it's it's a sound of relaxation. <sighs> it's time to relax, sit back, and watch another episode of of cocktail and an earful of cocktail. cocktail. Cocktail? Yes, cocktail. All right, couple notes before we get started. One is the entirety of last episode, I was buzzing, and I think I am this episode too, despite being well below the threshold here. You know, know, it's not the classic thing, right? It's the classic thing. I think the linear exciter is screwed up again. Well, it's a, it was the equalizer would be on that thing. Does you it, would think. Does it say equal? Does it oh, equal? It does. It. Oh. Well, it's very. It does. We yeah, can't it does. Really do anything about it right can't now. Can't do anything about Just it. Just don't so. say any of those vowel sounds. We know. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to only use consonants this show. Uh, other things to note, just just get this all out of the way up front, is um, I am sick right now and doing the show under duress. Um, I uh, was not... Under did, protest. I under protest. I did not want to be here. Uh, I have been very busy and very sick. Not very sick. I shouldn't say very sick. That's like, I'm dying. I'm not dying. I'm just sick. We're all dying. We're all dying in some sense, yeah. Um, unless you're living. Then you're not. If you're getting born... Uh, so, uh, performance review of the last episode. What do you- okay, last episode. I actually just finished listening to the last episode on my way here today. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I can say, I think the um, there were some strong moments, and there were some weak moments. <laughs> Let's go down with the weak moments. Okay. Weak moments, I think, uh, I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take some responsibility here. I didn't have any of the audio cues lined up for any of the audio moments. It, so. came, it came together within the first few minutes of the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, but that, that took time. Also, I was buzzing the whole time, and I am going to be this episode, too, so I apologize for that. Well, you're sick, so it's basically this epi- true to yeah, life. Sick, is, sick, sick voice is a recipe for buzzing voice. Yeah. That's the, where the old saying goes. Um... Anyway, and then I think um, we uh, I think we did a decent job breaking break breaking it down. We got some breakthroughs. We had some breakthroughs breaking it down, um, but I think it's gonna take some time for us to get into this. Well, you, um, have, to, you have to you have to crack the code, and I'd say the Da Vinci Code, the, the cocktail code. Oh, I mean, like every movie is is has a bunch of secret symbols being put in by the filmmakers. Can we do the Da Vinci Code next? 
Uh, the video game? Yep, the video game. Uh, uh, the movie of the video I game. Don't, I don't want to watch The Da Vinci Code. No, no, nobody does. <laughs> Imagine spending is that 50 hours of your life watching The Da Vinci Code movie. Holy I feel like the Da Vinci... Oh my God, that'd be incredible. I feel like that there's so much deep... There's so many deep things there to, to pick apart. I feel like The Da Vinci Code is the ultimate like discount DVD. Because uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's a like bargain. a broad, broadly. You're saying known it's, it, it, it's worth a hundred dollars. It's so <laughs> at, any, at any price. It's it's a great discount. <laughs> no, I think it, like someone walks to the store and like, oh, the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, I'll pick that up, but only if it's cheap enough. And it has to be really cheap for someone to say like, yeah, I'll pick that up. I like the fact now the best place, insofar as it's the only place I see used DVDs are gas stations. Uh, used DVDs? Yeah, who who's selling or buying used DVDs at this point? Apparently, every gas station. I mean, Goodwill. Uh, Although in Goodwill, most of the cases are empty, so... Yeah. It's, yeah it's, I don't know if those count as used DVDs. They're used in the sense that someone took the DVD. Used, oh, nice. They, yep. used, they used the case. They used the case. Well, no, they didn't use the case. They used the DVD and they left the case. They used the case as a place to... To, to not to, have a to, DVD. To acquire a DVD. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, you're right. They took advantage of the case. It's like, do, do you use an Oreo wrapper when you eat an Oreo? Yeah, I think, I you think do. yeah, I think that's the only time you use an Oreo wrapper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, reuse, reuse. Always reuse, use an Oreo wrapper. Recycle. Always reuse your Oreo wrapper. Yes. Uh, okay. Anything else before our famous theme song? I think we should. <laughs> What's so funny? I don't. <laughs> What's funny is that I. <laughs> I'm doing this show under duress. I'm sick and very, and a lot more tired than I should be, although I did get 12 hours of sleep last night. A lot of the famous poets and artists, when they've been under like heavy sedation... That's when they do their best work. Exactly. I feel like this show has already gone far better than the previous show went, uh, which is... Has which been, is unfortunate, because that's, that's the first I know. The first, the first episode is going to be a little bit of a rough start for new listeners of your full of cocktail. But you know what? You know what? We we What did we say? We finished strong. Uh, yeah. So always listen back. Always listen backwards. Is that how we should sign off? <laughs> yes. <laughs> always. ALB. Always listen backwards. <laughs> theme song? All right, there's a theme. Ah. It's time for corrections. I did have a correction. What did we get wrong last show? This is our chance to correct the record. I had a correction. Correct. I had a correction. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll, I'll correct, correct next episode. record is a correct uh, I don't think we can. Can we correct things more than a show ahead? Absolutely. We, we got to have correct. all those corrections ready. Well, I I will I will consult uh, my uh, my expert. Okay. All right, well, I guess that's corrections. What do you, you say? Uh, so you, you do not have any corrections? I don't have any corrections.
All right, this is an earful of cocktail. This is an earful of cocktail. Second five minutes of Those the... loons are very annoying. I'm going to turn them down. I hear uh, the sound of loons uh, can be a very good thing to uh, to heal somebody. Heal somebody. Where does that song go? Heal somebody. You, you gotta. You, you gotta heal somebody. You gotta heal somebody to love. No, not, that's a different song. Uh, I'm not sure. It sounds okay. like it sounds like an era of music I don't like very much. An era of music. An era. An era. Like, well, there's there's correct records. Yeah, correct Yeah, that's what DJs and sure there's music errors. Do. Yes, exactly. So we try <laughs> so to avoid we, the music we only errors. we only play correct records. Records. Yep, and we avoid the error. The music errors. Music errors. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, anything else before we should get to uh, earful? Of, I think uh, of cocktail it spoiler alert. It is time for who on who let the spoilers out. All right, this is who let the spoilers out. Uh, where I, I we, believe we let the spoilers out. We we are letting the spoilers out as we speak. This and is. And then afterwards, we will ask who let the spoilers out, <laughs> and then we can definitively say who. It's the who 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 who. Yes. Who. And uh, who who. If everything goes to plan, we. If uh, everything goes to plan. Bio. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay, this is a segment where we paid a person to write a long summary of the movie cocktail. We now read. I choose to believe he did out of the love of the movie. He I think he most. He, he like also did it for sixty dollars. Yes, uh, it may have been more than that. I think it was. I don't remember. It was. It, well, we needed it for the show. It was an appropriate amount of money for bi- the for, bi- for business expenses on our taxes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, deducted. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, so um, this is um, spoiler. Who let the spoilers out? And you're going to read the summary. Without further ado, here's what happens in these five minutes. A lot, lot of text compared to last time. On asking what he would do for a living, the only response Uncle Pat got from Brian was that he intended to make a million. Laughing it off, his uncle offers to ask McDougal, a former employer of Brian's dad, to give him a job. That's only implied. It, Is never... that... Yeah, I don't I don't actually even remember. I took pretty detailed notes. I don't remember oh, that. you were sick. I was sick. Okay. Um... Uh, to give him a job disapproving of this, Brian comments that the job his dad had was comparable to the arthritis that ended his life. Well, that's definitely what? not... I missed all of this. Well, we can go over the... We, we'll, we'll check out the movie. Okay. Um, yeah. Was this in the movie? It was definitely in the movie. Okay, Although I missed it, this part. He didn't... I, it's not... It's not... It's implied. ...verified that it killed him, but... Okay. His uncle then highlights the point that Brian was bound to support a family, just as his dad did. I remember that. However, Brian brushes this off, commenting that he would not fall into that trap. No. However, his uncle tells him one cannot plan on that. He says a larger percentage of the things that happen in life are not planned. Brian still holds a his A larger view. percentage. <laughs> I actually have what he says. He says, um... Uh, most things in life, good or bad, just kind of happen. Most things so most in life, things in life is a larger percentage of things, which is true. You get paid That's by the word, very good. Yes, if you get paid by the word, you write a larger percentage of things instead of most things. Brian still holds his view that his fate was in his own hands and not life's. Uncle Pat then charges Brian for a beer, which he thought would be on the house, noting to him that one does not get rich giving things away. 
To drive his point home, Uncle Pat offers an example of his friend Eddie offering to buy everyone in the bar a drink in 1965 in celebration of the Mets winning the World Series. That's 69, I should just comment. Is, so it, I wrote down 1965 Mets won World Series. I was going to check 69, that on the show. 69. Wow, so it, they got that wrong? No, no, he says 69 in the movie, but both you... And, he says uh, 65. I wrote 65. You wrote 65, but that doesn't prove anything. No, I was watching the movie, and I wrote down 1965. You wrote down... Okay, let's okay, let's check Subzin. It's, he says let's 1965. Check, let's check Subzin. Well, his sub, what does Subzin matter? We're going to listen to the actual content. Well, let's check Subzin. Subzin is the authoritative source. You're right. Cocktail. Okay, let's look. Cochlin's Law. Cochlin. Cochlin's Law. Law. Okay, so there we go here. Advanced search. <laughs> Okay, cocktail Mets. What? Cocktail Mets. Cocktail mm, Mets. Love me some cocktail Mets. Like cocktail wieners, but it's cocktail Mets. Uh, okay, this has I, failed, but I, I do. Substance has failed. Wow. But I mean, I even better than that. I do have a text file containing the entire script of the movie. That's good too. It's, you could just search for one nine six, and there's probably only one place in the script that's going to come up. Unless it's spelled out as 1960. You don't you don't know what kind of substring searching Subzin does. It's true. Yeah. Okay, so let's just see. No, I'm saying more in your text file than in Subzin. Oh, yeah, well, I can look up Mets. Okay. Ooh, look up Mets. I can testify to that. In 1969, what? the Mets won the World Series. No. No, let's be real here. Is this like one of those things where, like, if you hear somebody, you'll... If you hear somebody... <laughs> If you uh, if you lose somebody, is that what it is? Lose somebody? You gotta lose, somebody. lose somebody. Lose somebody to yeah. love me. No, that's a different song. Lose uh, somebody. I think it's like RAC. Re- it's one of those RAC remixes. There's so many of those these days. Uh, is it like a Venga Boys remix? Mm, not quite. Uh, okay, so the question is. Use somebody. That's what it is. Use somebody. Use somebody, use somebody. to love no, me. No, no, it's use somebody. Yep, Use Somebody is a song. I knew it. Kings of Leon, Use Somebody. But there's an RAC remix that I think I've heard at some point. Great. It's a good, it's good facts. But you know the, the phenomenon, there's a name for it, uh, that if you hear... If you hear phenomena. Just, do, if, do, if you do, hear an uh, audio piece, mm. just, just the audio, you will hear something different than if you see their lips move at the same time. There's a name for that, 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 that phenomenon. Synesthesia. No, no, not quite, but it's kind of you use different clues. So me, a guy who knows that the 69 Mets won the World Series, sure. I hear 60, and then my brain says 69. That's what sure. I thought they would and, say. And me, a guy who knows the 1965 Mets won the World Series, yes. I see 65. Exactly. It makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. Good. Uh, different strokes for different folks. In celebration of the Mets winning the World Series, Eddie jokes about Brian's Uncle Pat... <laughs> about Brian's Uncle Pat. Brian's Uncle Pat whacking him in the head for that. Uncle Pat further states a strategy to Brian. Outwork, outthink, outscheme, and outmaneuver. He tells Brian to make no friends, trust nobody, and ensure he's the smartest one within any room if the subject of money is brought up. Brian, however, hopes... Such good tips. Yeah, we'll discuss the efficacy of those tips. Brian, however, hopes for fun in his line of work. His uncle, therefore, offers him $10 to get him to the city. Get you to a nunnery. Uh, get him to the city, uh, which Brian declines and instead issues it to Eddie. His Uncle Pat grabs it before Eddie gets the money. Brian then goes to the city, dressed up officially in a coat and tie, to, and also pants, uh, a coat and tie to look for work in Wall Street. 
In his first interview, he highlights his experience as reading the journals on Wall Street. So he is. Oh, this is going to be a really detailed summary of all his conversations with all the people interviewing him. Is it going to be? We're like 70% through. Okay, because I was getting really. Okay, keep going. Reading the journals on Wall Street. (laughs) That's what he does. He reads the journals on Wall Street. Yes, uh, not just the Wall Street Journal. No, the Wall Street Journals. Yes. So that's how you get ahead. so he is aware of what's going on. His interviewer points out that all of the professionals working with them have degrees. So does all the others, highlighting that they need academic credentials in order to offer the jobs he requires. Having ended his day in disappointment and walking on the streets, Flanagan comes across a bar with a job opening. Brian goes in and meets Douglas Coglin, the bar manager, suspecting he had been fired and was looking for something does, better it, in employment. Does barman stand for bar manager? I think it just means that you are a you are a man in a bar. You know what they call them in uh, in in England, at least historically. Uh, Barkeeps, publicans, publicans. Yeah, because you run a pub. You're a publican. So re- republicans are people who do that over and over again. I believe that's where it comes from. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's still in modern usage. I'm not really sure. Suspect he's been fired and looking for something better in employment. Douglas offers to him the theory that anything is always better. Brian is of little to no experience even in the bartending field, but promises to be a fast learner. And that's uh, that's that's this this up. That's good. I, you know what I'm beginning to um, suspect that he had the text of yes. I don't that, think so because this he... was written solely based on the text script of Convoy and not actually Convoy? watching the vi- co- cocktail and not actually watching the video. I mean, if that was true, he would have wrote in '69 though. That's. That's a great point. Yeah, he clearly... Interesting. Okay, what if... Mm, wow. Okay, that's a really good point. Unless there's he's a, covering yeah. his tracks. Yeah, unless he's covering his tracks. Yeah. Um, it's just because, I mean, there's so much visual stuff that happens that I feel like isn't... Maybe he was just, like, furiously typing while listening to the movie. I mean, that is the thing you have to do with, like... You can always write down what people say. Yeah. People say that's yeah. why exactly... Uh, just in general a lot of films are overlooked because films that are depend upon witty lines and kind of what is said and what sure. you describe those are things that people can write reviews very easily but if it's sure. about feelings and like i'm saying like just like visuals and things that are hard to describe it can be overlooked by many because it doesn't it's not as easy to capture in a in a review i see uh so i think that he he said cocktail famous movie for its uh it's uh, sparkling dialogue. Of course. And he and he and he did it. He did it. All right. Yeah. Uh, and that was uh, who let the spoilers out. Who let the spoilers out? <laughs> that's the that's our conclusion song. Uh, oh no! Oh no! No no no! Let's get some normal. There we go. This is Mary as a Grig. This is the segment Mary is a Grig. This is the segment Mary is a Grig. It's where I talk about how I'm Mary as a Grig. Um, are you Mary as a Grig? I'm always. Um, yeah. When okay. I'm talking about the the famous movie Cocktail. Uh, so okay. The so, fun movie. So more segments you're gonna see in this app. We, we're gonna have sure. dr- drink of the app. Drink of the app. That's uh, the segment we do every app. Uh, flare in the, flare in the air. Flare in the air. That's where we judge. Uh, and I believe we're gonna have a segment Coglin's Laws. Coglin's Laws. Well, we get the first one in these five minutes. So. Yeah. Yeah. But before any of that, what do we need to do? We need to say it at the same time. Three, two, one. Synchronize. Synchronize. 
So we're um, gonna do that first. Here's how's, how's it going over there? You're typing in the command line. Yeah, well, I'm pulling up the convoy script, uh, uh, convoy script folder to get the cocktail script. Here's a question for you: Do you want to know the n- total number of Coglin's laws? I, um, I think we should track them as we go along, and then we'll have a count at the end. Uh, you have a count I mean, right now. I have a count right now. Okay, fine. I think it is uh more than five and less than ten. Uh, Am I right? It's actually less. It's less than five. There's only less four. than five. Kovlin's laws. There's only four them very frequently. Yeah. Also, I'm inclined to pronounce it Kovlin. I don't know why. Kovlin. Kovlin. I'm gonna. I would say the the first part of his Comrade name. Kovlin. It's it's like it's like cough. The the Kovlin. Coughlin. Exactly. So that's my inclination. Mm. Coughlin, I probably wouldn't say it. No. But Coughlin. Coughlin. I'm not really sure. Is this like a weird font you're using that makes your U's look like V's? He's like Russian. He's not Russian, though. Comrade Coughlin. Before we we get into that, is it worth noting that the uh, director of the movie, Roger Donaldson, is Australian? That is very worth noting. And he actually was an expat, because uh, in quick, 19- quick quiz. Yeah. What is the um, nationality of the director of Cocktail? That's a great question. I would uh, Australian. Uh, that may be true. Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, so uh, Roger Donaldson, the director, is uh, he was born in Australia, mm. immigrated to New Zealand when he was 20 years old in 1965. Why doesn't is that? Hmm. He didn't go very far. Well, eventually he went to Hollywood. Ah, so New Zealand is one step closer to Hollywood. You say, I'm in Australia. Yeah. I want to get to Hollywood. Where do I need to go first? I would say you just go north and east, and you're going to hit probably New, 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 New Zealand. New Zealand, and that's close. That's closer to Hollywood than Australia is, that's for sure. Although he did uh, Also, make... Peter Jackson. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. New Zealand is basically Hollywood 2. It's Hollywood 2, the sequel. Uh, yeah, so... Um... He also uh, featured... Who is the most famous New Zealand actor? Peter Jackson. Uh, Sam Neill. Sam Neill. Uh, you, you wouldn't say like he's... Who's Sam Neill? Jurassic Park. recognize his face. You've seen Jurassic Park, Yeah. But yeah, he was... I haven't seen any of the sequels. He was featured in his first movie. No, he was only in the original, I believe. He didn't come back for the sequels. He didn't come back for the Sam Nequels? Sam Nequels. Okay. But yeah, he started out making movies in New Zealand. All I'm saying is, as you watch this, I think that the director is especially attuned for the voice of an Australian expat. Mm. So that is, I think, so that that's is why he went with Kovlin. That's, Kovlin. that's, that's why you gave him a Russian name. I keep wanting to call him Kovlin. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Oh well, that's you know, it's some of us. Some of us have issues. That's life. Uh, okay, so sync, synchronize, synchronize. Sync is stands for synchronization. And we're about to do it. So get ready. Yeah. Here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go home. Everybody, go home. Get got eerily quiet all of a sudden. Probably because I sat down. The loons at some points get really <laughs> rambunctious. <laughs> wow. Ouch. That's never, we've never been into late loons before. Well, this is this is unacceptable. This is quiet. Unaccessible? Let's just, let's just it's unacce- inaccessible? Yeah, this is this Well, let's is bring back Mary as a Greg. Here it is. Good. Okay, sink. I okay, thought, we're going to sink. Just... We're going to sink. So bring up, go home. Bring up your copy of Cocktail. Cue up the second five minutes. 
Um, we have some issues with how this synchronized this time, or how this did Well, up. last time it was terrible, and I'll tell you why. Uh, are you, you are theorizing that the movie was not properly designed to be split up every five no, minutes. No, no, I'm saying last time the sync got all out of sorts because M-Player decided to skip a bunch of frames. Well, Chrome was, uh, was, was a bit rambunctious. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're going to sync. So go home. Queue up your second uh, copy, your second copy's second five minutes of cocktail. Yeah, you should have about should 23 have different Blu-rays. Tw- 23 different Blu-rays. Each one is taped <laughs> just to... Stagger each of them. You may want to just scratch off the part of the Blu-ray that's actually not part of the five minutes you care yeah, about. Get your favorite uh, lotto scratch-off yes. thing and just, yep. just leave only... Cover it up five... with tape. Yeah, whatever works best. Whatever works, yeah. Yeah. Use a marker. Just make sure that your Blu-ray player cannot read anything but the correct five minutes for that Blu-ray disc. go to your second TV uh, and... Queue up 23 TVs. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just work your way through the series. Have one dedicated just looping each five minutes of cocktail and then just make that your living room. I think that sounds great. Sounds cool. Uh, Sounds really cool. So cue that up. Get ready because loop it and lock it. Lock it, loop it, everything you need to do, and we're going to cue it together in three, two, one, three, three two, two, one, go. They said it was quaint. I still remember the day they came to repossess Pretty good sync. I'm, I'm pretty locked yeah. in here. Not bad. So what are you going to do now? Okay, uh, so... Could you, could you wind this down? I'm going to move the mic. You want, you want, I'm going to bring Mary <laughs> Greg down, so no more Mary Well, in the meantime, I'll ask McDougal to give you a for, Oh, you kill wait. your mic. No way! Dead. Your mic is it's dead. enough for your old man. Okay, so... so he supported a family, just welcome. like you're going to have to do. <laughs> no, not me. I am not falling into that trap. Every man wakes up one fine morning with the wife We start this five minutes with... A, I'm going to turn that down a little bit. With this conversation... Between um, Brian Flanagan... Do you want your mic back? Well, I'm gonna make things happen Maybe. I can't hear you. Do you want your mic back? I can't hear you. What? Okay, welcome back. Okay, hello. Uh, okay, so we got... And he doesn't even rate a beer on the house? Okay, we got Brian Flanagan. We got Uncle Pat. We got, um, what's the other guy's name? Um, Eddie. Eddie. We got Eddie. They're sitting around the bar. Uncle Pat's smoking. There are two customers in the bar, which is interesting. Is I don't know back. who's attending to those customers. Maybe they don't need attending to. I'm pretty sure Uncle Pat, his, his bar just really runs itself. I'm sure. Yeah. He seems very successful. I mean, he he, know, he has a strategy, as we'll get into. Yes. Uh, so, I think before we go any further, sure. let's get this whole McDougal thing out of the way. McDougal? Yeah. What is McDougal? So, the lines are... Uh, so what are you going to do now? Asked to Brian. Sure. He says, make a million. And he says, well, in the meantime, I'm going to ask McDougal to give you a job while you're waiting. And uh, he says, no. Oh. He says, no way. And uh, So he refuses a job. He gets a job offer immediately. Immediately. He gets a job offer. And he says, that's not good enough. He I don't want to no hang way. out here in, where are they? Like Long Island or something? Uh, the Long, Long Island City. Long Island City. Right. He says, it was good enough for your old man. Wait, his old man had a job with McDougal? It's what says, it says, no way, it was good enough for your old man. So okay. it, it really sounds like he's actually going to inherit the job. Like, the job that his enough. dad had before his dad died, or whatever. 
presumably he's dead. We don't know that for a fact. We just know parents that certainly aren't around. Yuppies have been using their parents' oh, furniture. Yeah, <laughs> they love it. I mean, if you know of people whose parents' furniture has been utilized by yuppies and they're still living, let me let know. us know. Let us rate us at staff at earfulofcocktail.com with any stories of parents whose furniture is utilized by yuppies but who are still alive. In my experience, 99 out of 100 times, if yuppies are using parents' furniture, buddy. They're dead. Is is this a Beetlejuice situation? Oh, is this? It's kind of the same thing, right? Yeah. So you th- parents are gone. Yeah. Do you think he's? Do you think his parents are the Beetlejuice house? Uh, I mean, I would say parents are gone. Yuppies move in. Yuppies use the parents. Except they don't. It seems like a hell of a commute, though. The, the yuppies don't like the the parents' furniture. Also, we see the apartment. And it's not. It's also, they're not parents in Beetlejuice. They never have a kid. They they have zero. They they kind of adopt Lydia. Well, eventually. Okay, so let's call them. Let's call them parents. Okay, so they become parents. But in Be- I mean, so they they, yeah, they 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 die. They leave their furniture. Yeah. The but, yuppies come in, but the yuppies don't love their furniture in Beetlejuice. I'd say is that the key Be- difference between cocktail and Beetlejuice well, is that the yuppies don't like the furniture of Beetlejuice. They like it in cocktail. Well, in in Beetlejuice, there is no Uncle Pat to administer their. No, you just got the. Um, I think you just went to probate. Just got Beetlejuice. Yeah, I don't think Beetlejuice. I think Beetlejuice the is the Uncle Pat of Beetlejuice. No, Beetlejuice. You know, <laughs> did nothing to help the whole f- f- real estate transaction go on there. You know, let's be clear. Let's be clear. Beetlejuice is the Uncle Pat of Beetlejuice. I would. I would say. Do you think Beetlejuice a, is the Coughlin of Beetlejuice? I'm just okay. Let's be honest. Yeah. In Beetlejuice, let's mm-hmm. be real. Uh, Beetlejuice, they die. Yep. As far as I know, no next of kin. We see that not in the movie. Nope, no knock. They do have neighbors they're friends with. Did their neighbors help administer the probate? Something better. Um. No. Anything else is always. I. I mean, I. I. It's unclear. It's most of that realtor lady. Douglas We. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a friend of theirs. Kind of a friend. Yeah, where she's like, it's a wonderful house. Yes. Yeah, so, well, how? Who owns the house at that point? The realtor, apparently. I mean, do you think they actually, def- through death, default in their mortgage? Because it's kind of a scary idea. Through through death, do us default? Yeah, that's that's what you say when you when you get your mortgage. <laughs> do you take this this mortgage? <laughs> do you take this mortgage to be your lawfully wedded mortgage till death do us default? Yes, uh, I'm pretty sure that happens. Uh, okay. Yeah. So. Which, which is scary because even though that they lose the legal right to their house by dying, uh, they are still in their house. That's what makes. That's what makes Beetlejuice a fun movie. It's what makes. I mean, I I I uh, have heard people say Beetlejuice is a uh, is a uh, Georgist parable. Oh, I've heard that. I need a, a, I need a parable. A, a parable. I need to rewatch and see if that's the case. I am not falling into that trap. Greetings. Every man wakes up one okay, so the question is here. Yeah. Unlike Beetlejuice, in which they default on their mortgage, presumably. Yeah. Because they're fairly young. I bet they are not nearly paid off in their mortgage. No. They they don't know what their land is worth in that town, but I think they probably still need to pay off. Uh, they're, they're, they're doing a lot of work in making the house livable. But it defaults, presumably the bank is now the owner, and the realtor is hired by the bank to yep. sell it to the out-of-town folks. Sure. In this case, Uncle Pat... Takes over the house. Takes over the apartment. Rents it to some yuppies. Yes, which I does that first mean yuppie mention of the movie. Is it rent controlled or something, or do they own it, or what do you think happens? What's yep, more likely? Yuppies can pay. But what's what's wrong? I mean, but why why would he hold on to it? Is the question. Why wouldn't he sell the house? 
I mean, it sounds like if they were just renting an apartment, yeah, you probably wouldn't hold on to it for years. You say like, oh, oh no, I think they owned it. Sounds like they own the I place. I mean, in New York, apartments are like often owned. They are, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm just saying it sounds like that's the case. Yeah. So, so his parents own an apartment. So what he should be asking is, why didn't I inherit that apartment, and why can't I sell that for money to get my business career started? Uh, another piece of the untold backstory yeah. of, of Brian Flanagan. What's going on here? Why is Brian Flanagan not inheriting his parents' apartment? Is it also also they're very poor? Is it possible that the moment that their furniture was almost repossessed, Uncle Pat came in and said, "I'll, I'll buy pay your apartment." Oh, and took ownership over this valuable New York City property. Exactly. Wow. Out scheme, out, out maneuver, scheme, out maneuver, out work, out think, think out everything uncle yeah, pat which gives uncle them time pat is uncle pat is is you know more formidable than you than you think i mean in this case i mean is uncle pat the villain of the movie i think the villain is society mm. uh but i mean the, honestly i would say the early runner for the villain is this weird greed that's built up inside brian flanagan's head it's transformed him into a horrible monster of a human being what's what's so bad I mean, they don't recognize him. He was unrecognizable. I mean, is there not this? Well, sure. But there's this dynamic in his conversation with Uncle Pat, where Uncle Pat is basically talking about, like, how he has been so, like, aggressively terrible to people in the pursuit of money or the, or the maintenance of money. Uncle Pat has been like, I hit this guy with a club so that I wouldn't have to buy, or wouldn't have to give drinks to people for sure. free. And Brian Flanagan is like, I reject that notion. That's not how I want to make money. I want to make money by having fun. But we're, we're seeing we're seeing two different, you know, I guess, what is the spectrum of success so far? Well, you, you got Uncle Pat, who <laughs> does not appear to be very successful. That's the thing. It's but the, has a ruthless approach to success. I'd say for being just an so awful preachy. person. Yes, awful he, and preachy. He doesn't seem to be that successful. No, not at all. Uh, but In I, that the first time we see him, he's taking out trash. Yeah, and, and not a very good trash can. Nope, whereas, no, very bad trash whereas can. Whereas Brian Flanagan's parents are substantially less successful than that. Seems to be. Their parents, they defaulted on payments to their furniture, um, and his father worked for McDougal, of all people. Yeah. Uh, and in just to finish up what the line is, he says, no way. Uh, he says, it was good enough for your old man. It makes it sound, too, like he's like pulling the strings. Uh, Uncle Pat? Do you think that's his, his, his mother's brother, or do you think it's his father's brother? Fathers, if he's got a direct, direct relationship with McDougal, yeah, yeah, I don't think you do an in-law. Th- I don't think you have relationships with both. I don't think you have, would have a relationship with the employer of your in-law. Well, I would say the right? other way it's around. It's kind of more possibly, of a family thing. I'd say possibly the other way around. If they were in fact brothers, maybe sure. they would work the bros. bar together. If they were total bros, total bros, Brian Flanagan Sr. and Uncle Pat probably would have worked together at the bar. Worked together. Oh, I but see. Instead, so you, but instead, if it's he's Uncle Pat's sister, that's obviously no well, place for, only, for a the woman. Bar is clearly, this, the bar side. is clearly not successful enough to sustain two people. I, I That is interesting. He's never offered any kind of job opening at Pat's... I don't Pat's, think there's enough income yeah. from that bar to support more than one person. Yeah. That, I mean, I, that's why he's taking out the trash himself, right? Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah. But that's that's how you're at work. You save money. Uh but as I'm saying, though, his sister, sister, the bar is no place for her. She marries a guy who is unlucky or just needs help. And then Uncle Pat says, hey, bro-in-law, 
come over to my place. Bro Law. Hey, Bro Law. Law Bro. Hey, Law Bro. Uh, uh, bro Fatrino. That's bro, bro Fratro. That's how you say it. Bo. That's how you say it in uh, Esperanto. Bo is the opening. Big Bo. That's the, that's the, uh, the prefix. Okay. Bo. His uh, Bo-in-law. Uh, Bo, Bo brother. Bo brother. Yeah, that would be. A, I mean, that would be a lot easier. Would you want to do that in English instead of brother in law, father in law, sister in law? Just, just say Bo brother. Bo brother, Bo sister, Bo father. <laughs> it's it's easier. Bo brother, Bo sister, Bo father. <laughs> <laughs> and Sancta Sampor. It's easier. It's easier. Uh, so, but Uncle Pat is he is in line with the shadowy McDougal. Yeah, they're both Irish, presumably. Presumably, and it, he looks Irish. And he has a big four-leaf clover in his bar, so I'm pretty sure Pat's Irish. Irish bar, and it's—I mean—I think that Brian Flanagan's a full-blood Irish guy. Oh, laddie! Oh, laddie! Uh, so, and he goes—he gets his bow brother set up. Bow brother to to work for McDougal. Yeah. And here's what it says: It was good for old man. So was arthritis. Is arthritis the thing that killed his father? Well, that's what our uh, spoiler man presumes. Yeah. I think that's no. I don't. I think he's just saying I don't want to. I don't want to get myself in a in a physically demanding job that will give me arthritis. It sounds like yeah. Let's see. How many people die of arthritis? It 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 it. Um, it certainly correlates with dying, but I don't think can you die of arthritis correlates with dying. As in people who die often have arthritis? Well, because the arthritis well, correlates with being correl- old, and old correlates with dying, 100%. Well, I think they mean, like, probably people in the same condition. What's what's the mathematical correlation between aging and dying? Uh, I think if you take it long enough, 100%. Actually, no, because there's... I've, I've heard of this before. Because there's actually enough people alive today, like the population of people that are alive today is... Significant. It's like a significant percentage of the total people that have ever lived because the population has grown so much recently. Yeah. And so actually if you take like – there's actually the statistical like the chance of dying is actually like less than 100% if you look at the number of people who are alive today, right? Well, I mean if you Versus take, the total population that ever has lived. I mean if you take purely induction, you can never be sure anyone's ever going to die. You know, you can't be sure. No, no, but I'm saying if you take just the statistical, like, what is the probability of a given person dying? Sure. Right? And you look at the sample of there's people who are alive and there's people who are dead. Sure. The people who are alive is actually a statistically significant uh, group relative to the overall sample. But even if... Because there are so many more people today than there were even, like, you know, 50 years ago. But one, even if you, there was one person alive today, you wouldn't be sure they would die. Sure, no, yeah, but I'm, I'm saying, about the Omega but, but, but man, that's like he might still live forever. But that's forever. like one person would be a statistically insignificant, you know, number versus the number of people who died. Sure, but right? what, what you're saying though is you if look, you take Bayesian averaging yes. or whatever. Yeah. But even if there's one person, it'd still be ninety nine point nine nine nine, not a hundred. No, sure, yeah, but it'd be it'd be like. You can never be sure. A lot of nines. Also, I mean, uh, the singularity is probably going to happen pretty soon, and I'd say chances are that anyone's going to die. I'm pretty sure no one's ever going to die again. Uh, okay. This is, by the way, this is a uh, this is a really good sci-fi book. Imagine that premise. What if no one confused rheumatoid disease with just arthritis? That's a great, great book. Yeah. Uh, my book is here. I like that it says my book is here. <laughs> just imagine living in a world where no one confused rheumatoid disease with just arthritis. 
is that that's I feel like that's the equivalent of like Sonic fan fiction or something. There's like a group of people that probably care really deeply about that premise. Yeah, yeah. Well, well it's part of a RA Warrior. So okay, that's that's that site. Speaking of, I, I have a really interesting site. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up in a few minutes. Good. Just just letting you know. Very exciting. Uh, very exciting. Uh, so. His, we... his father worked for McDougal. His yep. father got arthritis. Yep. Let's connect the dots. The job gave his dad arthritis. Absolutely. True or false? McDougal job is just an arthritis pit. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, uh, Brian Flanagan's so smart enough not to fall into the arthritis pit. Do you think they're like, like punching slabs of meat or something? What do you think is? is yeah, I think that's exactly. I think it's punching slabs of meat. I mean, well, okay. If you really had to say, what do you think the job is? Uh, like it's like a dock worker job, probably. McDougal is like a dock worker boss. They are very close to the dock. I Long know. Island City. Long Island City docks, yeah. Which is now Gantry Plaza Park. Uh, home of the docks. Yeah, the Gantry Plaza State Park. Yeah, it has a lot of historical parts of the docks, but that's plausible that that's the job. Cause and possible. And possible. Is that, is that a, like Kim Possible spinoff? And po- Kim, Kim Plausible? Yeah, Kim Plausible. Yeah, Kim Plausible. Yeah. Okay, so what, what are you talking about now? Okay, well, we got a lot of notes for this app. I wrote, my first note was lots in this app. Lots in this app. Lots, lots in this app. Most things in life, good and bad, just kind of happen to you. Well, I'm going to make things happen for me. So this conversation I found to be not very I'm internally consistent. Bear. In what way? Uh, well, so Uncle Pat is, is talking about his philosophy of like, you don't get rich by giving things away. Most things like good and bad just kind of happen, right? And uh, and he's like, this is how you be successful. And A, he's not successful, so like that's weird in and of itself. But B, then Brian Flanagan's pushback is like, no, that's not for me. But at the same time, Brian Flanagan is like, I want to be successful, given it, you know, like by any means, I want to be successful. Well, he's helping a leapfrog. He's saying well, that like he's thinking outside the box. I guess what I'm saying, he says, doesn't sound like too much fun to me. It sounds, it's like he's he's got he's got conflicting priorities here. Is his priority to have fun, or is his priority to be successful? That's my question. Well, I guess his theory is, the old way of thinking is you can only be successful by, by never buttoning fun. down, not having fun, just being yeah, just being clubbing Eddie in the head, clubbing Eddie in the head, being yeah, being ruthless. And Brian Flanagan is saying, no, I'm finding a different way, a more modern way, which is I'm going to go just have fun, and success will find its way to me. I mean, it's it's basically combining fun with dreaming. Yeah, and then you combine it, and you go to Wall Street, and then you suddenly have a. a a, f- a fun career. It's it's the millennial mentality, really. Yeah, he. I mean, people, most millennials are saying we're gonna have fun and just hope that everything else works itself out. Here's a really good question. Yeah. Why not go to the beach? Go to the beach? Yeah. Oh, he said. Wait, yeah. What was that line? The line is, uh, he says, I don't know, Uncle Pat. Doesn't sound like too much fun to me. And Pat says. Fun? You want fun? Go you go play beach. at the beach. You go play at the beach. Yeah. Well, Which why, sounds yeah, great. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, although I mean, you know, New York not known for its beaches. Jones Beach. I mean, there's a few beaches nearby. I'm not saying there aren't, but I'm just saying in general, as far as places in the world, if you're interested in the beach aspect of it's life, it's October right now. It's not going to be very warm. Sure. I mean, if, I mean, but it, yeah, if, if like beaches are your thing, New York City is probably not the place to go. Do you think you should go to Los Angeles instead? Los Angeles would San be San Diego, yeah, Beach City. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think that'd be a better movie? Um, no, I think New York is pretty central to this movie. I will say this. Some people say that New York is actually a character in this movie. It's almost as if the city That's interesting. plays a character. That's interesting. In I will say this. Before this movie is out, 
we're going to see at least one beach. We are going to see at least one beach, probably multiple. So, what do you think? Your resume is completely inadequate. So this is also funny. So so he goes and does. I have a lot of notes about the interview montage, but one of my notes is so so your resume is completely inadequate. How is he getting these interviews in the first place? No, no, that's exactly the thing. There is no screening process for any of these job companies. Yeah, he just kind of walks in the door and has an interview and goes to apparently fairly senior, senior pe people. Yeah. I mean, does I mean he... is that how this used to work? Like in the 80s, did interviews, did you just like show up at the building in a suit and you're like, I want an interview and then they gave it to you? Some people, some people talk about now, in the past, if you want to get ahead, like you can dress well and it says, hey, this person is putting yeah. extra effort in. You dress well, you go there in person yeah. and you can actually get a significant amount of stuff done. Whereas now there's more of a mentality of it's not about how you dress. In fact, everyone dresses like a slob these days. Yeah. So in fact, if you want to get ahead, how do you signal it? Well, these days, I think you have actual credentials, right? I mean, I think back then it was harder to judge credentials at like a, you which, know. Which is saying instead of buying a suit for a hundred bucks, sure. you spend tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars on an education. So it sounds a lot more, yeah, or, it sounds a lot more efficient or, just to have everyone buy a suit. Or it did. That's true. Or instead of buying a suit for a hundred bucks, you, I don't know, um, lease time on a, on a, like a, a Bitcoin oh, server. A Bitcoin server, exactly. Um, yeah. No, I don't know. Or, you know, whatever. You go to the library, you, you go on the internet, you learn some stuff. <laughs> you know? People who go to the library, you know, on the internet are all looking at pornography. Yeah, I know. That's where I thought that was going. <laughs> well, that'd be another good use of 100 bucks. There yeah. you go. Uh, um, no, he... <laughs> <laughs> no, he he gets uh he, yeah he does a lot of uh of of interviews. How many interviews does he talk to here? I didn't count the total number. Um, okay, I well, did we'll I did this. note down the. So what are you gonna do now? Make a million. Make a million. <laughs> pause actually. Well, in the meantime, I'll ask McDougal to give you a job while you're waiting. No way. It was good enough for your old man. So is arthritis. He supported a family, just like you're going to have to do. <laughs> no, not me. I am not falling into that trap. Every man wakes up one fine morning with the wife and kids. Where did they come from? They weren't there last time I looked. Well, let's just take that part right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he got very angry when he says, what are you going to do now? Long pause, smirk, make a million. Yeah. It's weird that I thought I would have guessed it happened immediately. Instead... He had to think of the perfect comeback, <laughs> and it was make a million. That's it's what he's going to do. Yeah, and he gets furious. Because here, I mean, here's Uncle the thing, Pat, too. Uncle Pat, you mean? No, Uncle Fury. Yeah, yeah Uncle, Uncle, Fur <laughs> Uncle Furiosa. <laughs> Uncle Furious. I could testify to that. Eddie is great. Uh, earlier when he, uh, when he charged them for the dollar, yeah. Eddie starts nodding. He is so happy to see that happen. Eddie is. I wrote down. Almost knocked the eye out of my head. Almost knocked the what out of my head? I believe I. I interesting. Um, I wrote down somewhere here. Um, here it is. Eddie doesn't seem very smart. <laughs> I wrote that down. I mean, at the time this movie happened, the actor Robert Donnelly was uh, 78 years old. So he's, he's an old guy. He, sure. He's retired, if that's a character. Sure. Character actor. Uh, showed up on one episode of, uh, of, uh, of Seinfeld. Oh, look how disgusted Eddie looks when Uncle Pat offers Brian the $10. Oh, and then Eddie tries to snatch the $10. See, 
Eddie does not seem very smart. Well, Eddie's a very jealous man. If he wants free drinks because mm-hmm. he's an alcoholic, and if... it's a lot of assumptions there. I mean, he is day drinking at the worst bar in the world. That's true. With someone who he, by all measures, should hate, but we instead he loves. We have a lot of experience with people day drinking at the worst bar in the world. Are you talking about Dublin? Yep. Good old Dublin. <laughs> Good old uh, Dublin day drinking California's bar. California's own, Dublin. California's own American backyard. Is that the... Is that really the slogan of Dublin, California? Yeah. I believe it is. Okay. Uh, yeah, we walked into a bar in Dublin, and it did not go well, and there were a lot of people day drinking in there. The new, okay, let's see. California's new American backyard. Great. That's what it is. It's very good. Uh, yeah, so I like the guy twirling. One of the interviewers is twirling this rubber band. I thought, There's a I thought lot that was of kind details. Of funny. There's a lot of good details in the montage. Should I go through my montage progression? Okay, well, this we didn't do at the beginning. I guess yeah. we should divvy this up into different thematic components sure. to talk about. There are We've three got different. Uncle, Uncle Pat combo. Uncle Furious. Uncle Furious combo. Yeah. We've got interview montage. Interview montage. And then we have the introduction of Douglas Kovlin. 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 Douglas Kovlin. Yeah. Douglas Kovlin. So, this is the montage. And here's the ordering of the montage. First, he goes to Wall Street. That's for finance. Yes. At Wall Street, they tell him, ah, I think advertising is more your style. He goes to Madison Avenue for advertising. What do they tell him there? Maybe the networks are for you. Then he goes to Rockefeller Plaza, a.k.a. the networks. Yeah. And what does he get there? Nothing. So that's the progression. I also thought it was funny. There's a guy at the end in Rockefeller Plaza that says, you should pursue other avenues, which I think is a funny play on words on the fact that he's been going from avenue to avenue, from from Wall Street Street to Madison Madison Avenue to Rockefeller Plaza. Yeah. And they show the street signs each time. Actually, Rockefeller Plaza, they just show the building. Sure. They show the street signs for Wall Street and Madison Avenue. So I think it it has to be very... That has to be conscious. That's a way There's a line homer. that says, you should pursue other avenues. That's funny, is, yeah. It's funny. It's yeah. funny. It's funny. I, I, I'm the first to admit it. That's very funny. No, it's, it's very good. It's hilarious. I, I do. The, the line, though, and I want to actually. Douglas Coughlin. I also thought it was disgraceful that no one wanted to hire a veteran. So you think it's definitively. You, oh, you're saying because right now we love the troops. We love the troops. I mean, if if his attitude wasn't "I'll work hard," but says, "You," I'm I'm a veteran. No, if he just says, "You like, owe me a job," you need to respect the troops. Yeah. Do you think yeah. he would have gotten more jobs? Absolutely. I think he would have. Yeah, he should have done a sob story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was in the wars. I'm back from the wars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it still sends. If he does, I mean, in one of the interviews he mentions, in the army, I did a lot of communications work, which I feel like is not the thing to say. <laughs> I think you don't want to talk about your army career as involving communications work. I think you mainly want to talk about your army career as involving a lot of hard times and perseverance. Uh, I mean, I'd say that that's a f- if you got good experience or good experience. No, if you're working the veteran angle, right? Well, he wasn't doing that. No, I know, but I'm, I'm saying. I mean, he, I'm saying he mentioned it once, and he mentioned it in a in a, in a framing if that was not as angle, effective as other framings he could have met, he could have gone with. You put on the eye patch. You put on the eye patch and the peg leg. And yeah. You say R. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're in the, the Barbary Wars. That R and. Yeah, uh, a guy like you advertising. So you're saying that's definitively a person from the first interviews. Yeah, 
Oh, absolutely. There's a progression. He's on Wall Street. They say, no, no, you, you belong in advertising. He goes to Madison Avenue. They say, no, you belong at the networks. He goes to Rockefeller Plaza, and they say, you, you're, you don't belong anywhere. You, you should pursue other avenues. Well, that is the that that is the degree, that is the uh, the progression of places he goes. But I read that as a guy like you advertising is him finding out what should I do when he's going to old memories, and it's a memory of someone long ago saying, no, 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 no. These are people he's talking to. These are absolutely people he's talking to. So you think, I mean, that sounds like everyone hates him and doesn't respect him. No, no, everyone's just trying to push him to a different place. They're like, okay, you're not, you're not going to work in finance. Guy like you, go, go bother the advertising people. I mean, try because would would you not? I mean, finance people work on Wall Street almost certainly think they are better than people who work on Madison Avenue, and people who work on Madison Avenue almost certainly think they're better than people who work at the networks. Everyone thinks they're better than everyone else. I know, but I'm saying, I'm saying there's a rough the opposite way. There's you a could rough have said, I want to go of, to the networks first. Yeah, but I don't, I, I think there's a, cl- like, if you're in finance, you're like, I'm working everything behind the scenes. There's people in advertising that are, like, a little dumber. Any and if you're in advertising, you're thinking, like, I'm doing all the advertising work. Go find those people at the networks. They're the people that are our client, or are, are, you know, we're clients of. Any permutation of those three things, you can make the same case. You could, yes. So this view right here, you know what that building is? The Chrysler building. That's not the Chrysler building. <laughs> it's the Empire State Building. Uh, no, but to the right of it. The is Chrysler Building in New York? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, 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 okay, all right. Yeah, Actually, I believe that yeah. is the Chrysler Building. Oh, it was the Chrysler Building. Okay. But I'm doing the one in front of it, to the, to the um, right. I did not look closely enough. Well, let's look next time. Okay, okay is, it that, is it that weird NSA building? The, the gigantic AT&T switching building that doesn't have any windows? Have you not seen that? I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. Oh, in New York. There's a, there's a, I think it's their second image there. Nope. Yeah, that's the one. It's a gigantic windowless building. That's what, that's that is that is like Holy yeah. Gracious. That's like an AT and T switching hub or that's something, or it used to be. I don't know what that is, but the pre- your previous image was exactly sure. that. What's the building called? Uh, Say what it is there. It's, I mean, it's just known by its address. It doesn't have a name for the building, but um. this is Casey Shoe Stanford. Earful of cocktail. We are breaking apart the second five minutes of cocktail. Unless you're listening on the podcast, and then we're still doing that, but it's not the KZSU. Long Lines Building. The Long Lines Building, yeah. So this is where like all the AT and T switching equipment or something was was held. And at this point, it's like and it's like built for, to be have all this reinforced like telephone switching equipment on a bunch of floors that's where they're really tall. And I think now it's just like an NSA building. The former AT and T Long Lines Building at 33 Thomas Street. Yeah. It was used as uh, three major four ESS switches. Yep. We should talk to uh, our chief engineer about all this. I'm sure. Uh, right now, it was described as the likely location of NSA mass surveillance hub, <laughs> codenamed Titan Point. Very good. Very good. It's like right in the middle of Manhattan, too. Yeah. Um, okay, so are we, are, let's, let's, let's break down all the Pat stuff before we move on. Okay, let's break down Pat. So Pat has a sense of duty of saying that... Because you will come into, basically have other people rely on you, mm-hmm. you will need to basically succeed, you know, with real practical things that work instead of dreams. He is cocktails saying, and dreams? He's saying you choose cocktails and not dreams. Sure. But not cocktails, you get bad beer. Yeah. He's saying you choose uh, bad beer from Rusty Pipes because you will make money that way when you have kids 
Uncle Pat, should we assume he has kids? Should you assume there's cousins? The cousins? Well, I mean, he does say you wake up one day and you've got a family. So it sounds like he's talking from experience. It'd there. be weird if he never had kids and he was. And he's saying that? Yeah, that would be weird. Yeah, so I think you you assume there's an unspoken cousin or more. Interesting. Yeah, and presumably Uncle Pat brought them up right. And, they and they're off somewhere else. Running know, their own bars. Running their own bars. Across yep. the street. And they're just all yeah. competing. To <laughs> it's all in the family. It's all in the family. So what are you going to do now? <laughs> Make a million? He does wait a really long time before <laughs> saying that. He was thinking the perfect response. You got it. Yeah. It's good enough for your old man. So is arthritis. He supported a family just like you're going to have to do. <laughs> no, not me. I am not falling into that trap. Every man wakes up one fine morning with the wife and kids. Where'd they come from? They weren't there last time I looked. That's because most things in life, good and bad, just kind of happen to you. Maybe he's talking... I mean, it sounds like he could also be talking about, like, hey, I avoided this. That'll be a buck for the bear. You are not... I'm I'm smarter than this. It was really hard, though. Yeah, it was really... Yeah, you're not going to be able to. Yeah. Your nephew comes home from serving his country... And he doesn't even rate a beer on the house? Well, you don't get rich giving things away. Oh, how do you get rich? Okay, let's hear 69.65. On the house. I've been here 25 years, never bought a drink. Right, Eddie? <laughs> I can testify to that. In 1969, the Mets won the World Series. Eddie here starts pounding on the bar. Demanding yes. Uh, 1969. He said, yeah. I don't know why I wrote 1965. Very weird. That's really weird. I mean, and, and, our, and our friend, the script writer, or the, the summary writer, also wrote 1965. I mean, is this possibly a thing that if you don't have the number 69 in your head, you're like, you just hear it as 1965? You ever seen that uh, that one image? It's like, oh, you you can't unsee it. Let, let, me, let me pull that up. This is going to be good radio. Doesn't sound like too much fun. Pulling to things up is always good radio. Uh, I like how there's a dollar, so apparently whatever his first dollar or whatever, but it's it you know, normally you would like frame that and put it on the wall. So this it's just taped to the wall in this scene. Yeah. So, so this, you know what this is a picture of? That's uh the Hindenburg. I mean, do you see what's going on here? The Hindenburg is crashing. So you said it's a picture of the Hindenburg. Yep. Do you mean to tell you what it is? Is it a picture of the Hindenburg? It is not a picture of the Hindenburg. What is it? There are two eyes. There's a nose, ears. It's a cow's head. It's a cow's head. Now, can you see the Hindenburg anymore? Or does it, like, clearly... Is it supposed to also look like the Hindenburg? No, it's supposed to be something that looks like nothing until you are told it's a cow, and then, like, you immediately see the cow. I see. What I'm saying is his weird series of phonemes. Sure. It's like, what what am I hearing? It's like 69. It's like, oh, I get it. Sure. What's what's on the left in that thing? Uh, That is a a dog uh, at a river or something. No. It's a Dalmatian. Don't see that. It's not as good because it's kind of, it's not just a photograph. Yeah. I can look at an ad. Okay. I like the music in the background here. It's this twangy, like... Solid credentials. We got this bass. In the army, I spent a lot of time in communications. I think I can help you. Well, we need somebody who can hit the ground running. Sorry. Maybe in six or eight months, but... You should pursue other avenues. Try something else. Maybe you should re-enlist. I believe in positive thinking. Never quit. Never say die. I want to be part of the team. So, what do you think? Well, your resume is completely inadequate. The cocktail book <laughs> is spinning around on a record player right now. I I, I, I made a mistake. I made a mistake here. You should go to college. I made certain mistakes here. <laughs> <coughs> 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 
What were you trying to do? I was trying to do this. Oh, play a different record. What do we get? Oh, is this the music? Hi there. Nice to be with you. Happy you could stick around. Like to introduce Legs Larry Smith, drums. And Sam Spoon's rhythm pole. And Vern Dudley Bohay Noel, bass guitar. And Neil Innes, piano. I like and the songs when they come in one by one. Saxophone. With Roger Ruskin Spear on tenor sax. Hi, Vivian Stanchel, trumpet. Big hello to Big John Wayne, xylophone. And Robert Morley, guitar. Billy Butlin, spoons. And looking very relaxed, Adolf Hitler on vibes. What? Nice. Did they say Adolf Hitler? Yeah. Princess Anne on sousaphone. Which is okay. So that is that is the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band with the intro and the outro, which is basically doing a riff on Duke Ellington's Sea Jam Blues. Okay. And I believe that is that is canonically that is exactly what's being played in the background of the scene. Interesting. Now we to make a in the groove with Howard Wilson violin. We'll compare when it comes around this. Franklin McCormack on harmonica. Over there, Eric Clapton ukulele. Hi, Eric. When when was this made? 1967. Huh. Still remember the day. That's good. That was actually Eric Clapton. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? So what are you yeah. doing now? That's wow. it. Yeah. Hmm. Was that actually Adolf Hitler? Uh, no. No. Nice to see Incredible Shrinking Man on Euphonium. Is that actually Incredible Shrinking Man? I don't think so. Drop out with Peter Scott on Duck Call. Is that actually Peter Scott? I don't believe so. I think Clapton's <laughs> the only person who's there. But let, let's compare, let's compare, let's compare. Uh, but it actually sounds more like the part I was pulling up, the original Duke Ellington, written in 1942, uh, C. Jam Blues. Mm. I, I looked at the credits. They do not credit Duke Ellington. McDougal? The, the makers of the film, Cocktail. Yeah. They, they, apparently they never... No, they talk a lot about McDougal, though. Die. McDougal has no credits. McDougal. Your nephew comes home. That's your joke. Wow. Yep. C- congrats. It's a, good, it's a good joke. It's a great joke. Um, you don't get rich giving things which is away. saying this? Do you, would you want to start rich. a lawsuit on the behest of Duke Ellington estate to the makers of the movie Cocktail for not properly uh, acknowledging properly properly, properly acknowledging that they used uh, the CGM? Uh, I would. Yeah, that would We're gonna start that now. Who do we email? Uh, do you know any good lawyers? For everybody, he says. Yes. <laughs> At least one. Good. Let's get started. Let's get started here. Because, okay. I mean, like, last time we said, like, hey, let's get an interview with Chip Davis. Guess what? That doesn't work. Yeah. This time we want to sue. I mean, you find someone. You sue them. Yeah, exactly. You, That's the start you are of a going great to see them in court. Yeah, you're gonna see. They can't wriggle out of this. Yeah, well, they can try. Also, we could try if we sue, sue if we sue Chip Davis. Do you I think he show up? Yeah, that. that's a really good idea. Ooh, that'd be a great idea. I feel like he'd be, he'd be thrown out before he'd appear. Uh, for Unless not responding to the emails, we could sue him for never responding to the emails. That's gross negligence. Absolutely, I would say uh, maybe we should establish a, a contract with him. Eddie, you gotta be. Um, we should do. We should do a thing where we email him. We're like, if you don't okay. email back, you accept this contract. We should do that. That yeah. works. Oh, uh, wow, it's a huge glass building. That looks more modern than all the rest of the buildings. Uh, opened in 1952. Hmm. That was the first... Uh, first glass skyscraper? Uh, I think, like, a pure panel. Uh, Ooh, pure panel. Wait, what's the name of it? Is uh, that the uh, the panel? Samsung TV technology? Yes. Pure panel. Pure panel. 
and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to succeed. I appreciate that. Curtain wall. Again, United first, Nations building. That's yeah. what it is. Oh, cool. Hmm. And this is actually no, cool building. Accurate. This is accurate insofar as right next to the bar is where he looked across. Yeah. Up 40 seconds. Uh, and you would have seen the United Nations. Yeah, so that's actually... Well, I mean, I'm sure they filmed it from that location. We know the bar's at a real location, so why wouldn't they film it? Okay, now compare the music. Hit the ground, run. Sorry. Maybe in six or eight months, but... You should pursue other avenues. Maybe you should re-enlist. I believe in positive thinking. Never quit. Never say die. I want to be part of the team. So, what do you think? Well, your resume is completely inadequate. I'm willing to start at the bottom. You're aiming too high. I'll do anything. You don't have enough experience. It's missing all the like xylophones and job. stuff, though. We value education. That sounds very different. No, I guess so. Oh. Roy Rogers on trigger. Oh wow. Wow. We should sue. We should definitely sue. John Basie Orchestra on triangle. Thank you. I, I'm pretty sure that they just said, hey, it's a weird thing to do, though. Is hey. it, it trying? I would say this. Mm. I would say it is more likely than not that when putting that together, that's a song that was, it's a famous thing you put a bunch of solos on. It's a it's a, basically a vamp of just kind of a thing and you lay solos on. Uh, I would think they're probably familiar with the Donza Dog, Donza uh, Dog, Doodah Band, uh, you know, version of that. And I think, who are they? Uh, the uh, British band, late '60s. They show up in one of the Beatles movies, uh, and they, they yeah, they perform their song "Death Cab for Cutie" uh, in, in the movie uh, Magic Mystery Tour. Is that what that band is called? That is what that band. Yes, it is. It all it all comes back to this. Uh, it all comes together. Yeah, so a uh, great band, great band. Yeah. Um, uh, Neil Ennis was kind of he wrote a lot of the music for uh, Monty Python. Mm. Um, yeah, so there. Mm. I, I, I could see the connection there. Yeah. So I am pretty sure because they said like because they're going for wacky wacky when, when you play that music in the background they're going for wacky agreed mm. which is yeah. well, what is the vibe uh, well, I think they're going for the vibe of the scene is out of his element I think yeah exactly they're going for um you know uh, he's on this romp through New York City he bit off more than he could chew exactly and everyone's saying hey hey bro yeah slow down. Well, they're not saying slow down. Come back. They say, hey, Go. sure, we're going to find room in our office to come and talk to us. Yeah. We're, we're going to so come and reject you. <laughs> and reject you. Is, yeah. you Your resume looks completely inadequate, but please come in and talk to us for half an hour. Is, is this kind of like a like an alpha move? Of, yeah. of instead of saying, hey, this guy came in without a resume. Should I just tell him to leave? Like, no, he's got no. a resume. It's just completely inadequate. Without like most things in life. A, resume. a good resume, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you call about a resume, well, I think maybe and, and say, maybe it's he's, like, and they call the president. He's like, oh, normally a person would just be filtered out. Yeah, Send but this will be office. this will be real fun. <laughs> I'm gonna dress him down. A veteran. I want to. I want to show him what's up. So you think these are anti-American conspiracies? Yeah, these are all Russians. Well, let's just say this: East Coast liberal elite. I'm the house. And they want to just this this gentleman years. from North Dakota. Yeah, I mean, let's just be honest. Uncle Pat voted for Trump, and everyone we just saw uh, voted for Hillary Clinton. That's true. That's true. That's definitely true. And I mean, what what would you say? Where's Brian Flanagan coming? Brian Flanagan just wants to make a million. Brian Flanagan doesn't have political affiliations. <laughs> He's too busy. He's too busy making a million. Too busy making money. Uh, here's the thing. Yes. Eddie loves Uncle Pat. 
Eddie is ridiculously loyal to Uncle Pat. Yes, even after being whacked by a club. Yeah. I think this is a, this is a major this how you treat your friends and your business colleagues. This is a major thread of the movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's a it's a movie about people treating their friends and business colleagues not very well. But if it works, I mean, you never saw this in a convoy. In a convoy, there's a certain real kind of commune vibe. Everyone loves each other. There's yeah. true love. In here, everyone treats everyone else like crap. That's oh. that's what the city's about. Apparently, I mean, there's a truck. He could have ended this whole movie and just took the truck down to the beach. Yep. Well, we'll see him get to a beach eventually. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I like, okay, I like this. Oh, I'll show it next time. He's got a copy of the journal and a briefcase, and he's rushing through Wall Street. So his, what he says is... I wanted to work on Wall Street. I read the journal, I know what's going on today. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to succeed. I appreciate that, Flanagan, but all our professionals have... Copies. Large floppy disk on the Catch desk? Catch on pretty quick. Yep. You're wasting your time. Just forget the street. No. We're not interested. Got Just like forget you. the street. Advertising. Get like you. Advertising. advertising. They, they okay. send him you know to Madison what? Avenue. You know what? I, I, I buy it. Yep. Mr. Flanagan, we need <laughs> That's what advertising is all, all about, getting you to buy it. Is a prerequisite. Try the networks. In the Army, I spent a lot of time in communications. I think I can help you. Well, we need somebody who can hit the ground running. Sorry. Maybe in... Six or eight months, but you should pursue other avenues. Try something else. Maybe See, I pursue other avenues. Never quit. Never say die. I want to be part of the team. So, what do you think? Well, your resume is completely inadequate. I'm willing to start at the bottom. You're aiming too high. I'll do anything. The interesting thing they do here is that all of his scenes are shot in the same room. Yeah. Like he did that over and over again. So you have the same intro, different response. Yeah. So it's just like. It, to him, he's doing the same thing over and over again. He's getting a different response, but he feels like he's trapped. Every room feels the same from his vantage, even though he's actually moving from office to office. Interesting. That's, that's very cool. I've never seen that happen before. And I think it's actually pretty well, you know, kind of synced. And then, like, every room is kind of gray. There's different, there's different uh, you know, art and everything. But in general, the, the, the world of New York business, very interchangeable. Yeah. You go to those three different. Yeah, everything's a gray room with a with a person who's going to tell you no. Yeah, and some people they they accentuate different things. So I thought that was pretty funny. It's like, okay, look at this. This is the new business world. You have a one floppy disk on a on a desk next to the computer. Uh, I like the guy with the rubber band. That's great. Yeah, that's fun. They're very fun to just twiddle a rubber band with. You. I, I wish a, I had a rubber band right now. I could kind of twiddle with my my fingers. I got a free uh, fidget spinner last week. I don't I don't know about fidget spinners. Well, you you spin them. That's how you, that's how you use them. I don't know about them though. Are you worried about arthritis? Yeah. Uh, so should we talk about the third? I would I would like to say one more thing. One more thing. One more thing. Scene. One more thing. This five minutes. Last thing I saw before I walked into this room, yep. I walked past uh, Outer B outside Studio B Studio over here. Studio B. Mm-hmm. KZSU Studio B. Next to next on on that table. Next to the Wednesday Night Live Next mixer? on that table. Not on that table. Not, not, a, lot table. not a lot of table. Not a lot of table. Table on top of it, one floppy disk. One floppy disk. Which is, I think, fairly shocking in 2017. It is. It is un, it's unusual you come across floppy disks these I'm gonna, days. I'm going to come back and show it off to you. Okay. Mark has gone to get the floppy disk. Don't know why. Uh, and we're here. Hello. Welcome to an earful of cocktail. Uh, there's a third part of this five minutes, which we're going to talk about very soon, which is introducing Coughlin. Coughlin. 
cold blood. Oh, we found the floppy disk. What's in the, what's the floppy disk? Unmarked. Unmarked, just like okay. yourself. So okay, so I have uh, I have some more questions. Did nope. he already have a suit, or did he go out and buy a suit for this? Do you think? I think he. I mean, you get a suit in the army, right? I do not think. Should he, he have worn his army uniform? Yes. The answer is yes. It would be a very different movie. The movie never treats the army as a real thing. It treats it as an excuse for why he's behind. That's true. Yeah. The army mm. is just a, a, yeah, it's just a convenient excuse for why he doesn't. Why he needs to catch up. Yeah, why he needs to catch up. Why he and didn't go to college. Why he didn't go to college. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It's kind of a vaguely honorable thing mm. that. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't besmirch his character by any means. It's not like means. he just got high every day and now yeah. he's like in his mid-20s. Yeah. It just kind of says, okay, here's a guy who's behind for a good reason. Sure. He could have, I mean, if I was writing the movie, I would have said, like, he, like, was uh, knocked into a coma when he was 17, and then he woke up. Mm, I think that'd be weaker. <laughs> I think he was uh, watching a game at Yankee Stadium, and a baseball hit him in the head, and he went to a coma for seven years. I think that'd be a weaker premise. Well, I don't I think know. It's, I think the dynamic of this is a vet yeah, who's come back from the wars. Sure. To be, um, to to make his way in New York, I think is it, it really it, you know it, it establishes that character. It, but it, it 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 introduces more questions than answers. Why did he go into the military? Well, to obviously to fly fighter jets at Top Gun. Do you think? I, I won't even recognize that. Do you think that, based upon the agreement he made with his uncle Pat, Uncle Furious himself, he was said so like Uncle Pat says, okay, you know what? I will I will make sure this furniture stays in the family after your parents died, but I'm not taking care of you. I'm not doing... If, that if, seems if, to be the arrangement, yeah. And if I'm going to buy this furniture, you're going in the Army. Because it, it does... Yeah, I mean, I don't think he had any other options. I think that's... Yeah, it does he, make sure. It's kind of like crippling his legs so he can't fly the coop. Sure. Then he comes back. He's like, oh, just like my stupid brother-in-law... My nephew is going to be beholden to me. He's going to work for McDougal yep. and be a little worm the rest of his life. Yep. And I'll have one more guy to push around. And Brian Flanagan saying, no, I'm going to the city. I mean, I'll say this. If Uncle Pat gives you advice, you should do the exact opposite. Yeah. Generally, I mean, yes. Because I think Uncle Pat really is more about power mechanics yes. and basically like nagging him yes. to Uncle become... Uncle Pat wants him to stay just as is so that Uncle Pat feels better about himself. Uncle Pat just wants to be the alpha man, even yep. though he really yes. sucks. Yes, Uncle Pat does not want success for for our, our, our main man here. Absolutely. I think this is I think this is very clear. I mean, it's, okay. yeah. Yes. So, which I'll say is, this is, I Shall think, the most... Shall we talk about part three? Okay, so I was also looking up different people in this... One of the people I looked up was, uh, remember the woman who says, no. Sure, yeah. Uh, so I was looking at the, the cast in the back, mm. and one of the cast... The back cast. The back cast. I was watching the end of the movie, watching the closing credits. Whoa, whoa, don't get ahead of yourself here. Well, I was just going to see who who are all these people in the scene, you know? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And? And uh, here is what I found out. One of the people in this cast... I have a lot of windows open. I'll be honest. I told you before the show to close all those windows. Can I be honest? I'm addicted to windows. Uh, so, uh, right here, Sandra Will Carradine. Okay. Uh, she was uh, she was married to uh, to Keith Carradine mm-hmm. from the famous Carradine family. Is she still? No, they uh, they were uh, at at different times. They split up. 
Wow. Sandra Will Carradine, ex-wife of actor Keith Carradine. Uh, she has been active with the Telluride Film Festival. So I was looking at more information. And here, so there there she is when they're both together. Lovely. Uh, I don't know if I should draw attention to this. <laughs> this is Sandra Carradine, Harlot of Hollywood. This is sandracaradine.blogspot.com. Is this her blog? No, this is someone who hates her and is trying to attack her on Blogspot. That doesn't seem worth drawing attention to. I will say this. Look at this at the end. It's Sandra Carradine, Harlot of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> that's, 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 that's a GIF. <laughs> it's really good, though. It's... That's something. Okay, so there's at least one person out there who does not like uh, this woman. That's everything no in Grand Theft Auto. Oh, don't. What are we doing? This is this is someone. Hello, Miss Carradine. And then it's footage of apparently uh, Sandra Carradine cursing out the person making this blog. Okay, let's not play that. I'm not going to play that. Yeah. It's classy. It's really important to understand about Grand Theft is that it's a wobbler effect. So they, they took video of a person talking about the the legal concept of, of grand theft for like a like a law course and just shows all this stuff about this it's a crazy person who's like attacking uh okay so that's sandra carradine also on a on a, on a lighter note she was in a helicopter with christy brinkley and it crashed <laughs> and they survived she's okay uh yeah yeah both well, kicking that's, that's good for her okay yeah, maybe so, close some of those extra windows so that the uh, sink doesn't get off this episode uh nope so that was that was just it's it's a kind of thing you learn when you just go in and you start clicking through to see who's in the, the closing credits. Okay. I found out also this is something I want to know more about. Uh, Eddie, the actor Eddie, he was in an episode of Mad About You. He played the character called Scat King. And uh, I was trying to find out who who is Scat King. And uh, and I there was. Some reference that he shows up in uh, Paul Reiser's film on the old Mad About You Usenet, but uh, that's all the information I can get. So, uh, any any Mad About You fans who know any more detail about the Scat King, please email us at staff at earfulofcocktail.com. You sound like you want to stop talking about the sequence. I don't. I don't. Yep. I. <laughs> There's a lot more we can talk about in here. Nope. Okay. Okay. Part three. Part three. Introducing Goblin. Eddie, Goblin. Eddie, we'll that, have plenty of co but Comrade these, Goblin. These characters we see in the second part, we're never getting them again. That's true. Is there anything else there? Uh, well, we'll we'll get it next time. Okay, but my question is this: Did he talk to them all in the same day? That's an interesting point. I was thinking about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it, it gets seems up, to seems imply to that he did because a he's wearing the same suit. And B, when he rolls up to Koblen's Koblen's bar at the end, he is wearing the same suit with the tie loosened, right? Okay, let's look at the tie in all these scenes. Does yeah. the tie change? Tie. Okay. Tie, tie is, is blue with, with the, the like splotch brown like little splotches. Cherries. Yeah. That's uh, Sandra Carradine. Okay, Sandra Carradine. I have a feel for advertising. Oh, tie's different. Wow, different day. Wow. I didn't notice. Solid credentials. No, a marketing degree is a prerequisite. Try the networks. Is that also Senator Carradine? No. I think oh, I can help you. Well, we that was my impersonation of her. What's the tie, what's the tie right? now? Maybe in six or eight months, but... I, I like this guy with the scrunched up face. Yeah. Maybe you should re-enlist. Okay, that's a different tie, because it's got, it's like yeah. red with... He's got a lot of ties for someone who is uh, not a man of means. What do you think? Well, your resume is completely inadequate. I'm willing to start at the bottom. 
You're aiming too high. I'll do anything. You don't have enough experience. No, I need a job. No, it's a, that's another tie. We require wow. How does he have so many ties? Okay, what tie does he have here at the end while he's going into Coblin's place? I think it's like light lilac or something. Oh, wow. Completely different color. Wow, so that that's multiple days. Absolutely. I just, I mean, yeah, the progression of the tie being loosened at the end made me think it was a single day, but no. So he, this takes place either that or you, he is just he is just wearing out his ties midday and, and go, is just going through ties like crazy. That's a possibility. Do you notice as he's walking in that bar behind him on the street corner is uh, the co-star of um, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? That's not you know John Candy. I think that's John. Yeah, John Candy is on the corner behind him. Not John Candy. Uh, we'll see next time it comes around. I swear, John Candy is in this movie. There, there was a, uh, a, a was Mizono uh, Steakhouse, Japanese Steakhouse across the street that no longer exists. No longer in Manhattan. That's, that's too bad. I don't know if this. I, I don't. We know what street corner Ms. this is. Oh no! It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Mizono. Mizono. Very good. Uh, my did um. Here's Yoko Ono ever go there? And they're like, yeah, Miss Ono, welcome to Miss Ono. I'm pretty sure she did. Okay, good. Um, what time did he show up at TJ Fridays? Um, it seems to be early in the day because Coughlin Kov is making... How do you, Co Coglin? Coglin. Coglin Coglin is Coglin is making a red eye, which is a drink you have in the morning when you have a hangover. So it seems to be early in the morning, but it's weird. Maybe he was up all night interviewing. Okay, so you think it's actually early morning? It must be because Coglin's making the red eye. I do agree. It doesn't make any sense that it could be nighttime because as the bars closed. The bars, yeah, the bar wouldn't have the bar would have a bunch of people in it if unless it was he was interviewing for late night companies. I mean, that's what I was saying. Maybe he was like over. Until, he was out, to, out overnight interviewing at various companies. Yeah. Then he wanders back at like 5 a.m., wanders into this bar where Coglin is making a red eye. Or Coglin, do you think. So the bar. Hmm. So you think he's getting an early start, but he's given up? Um. I just want to. What no, was he no, because his tie is loosened. That's what was the thing he doing two hours before this happened? It sounds like weird. It sounds like every day. No, a tie loosened. I mean, I I recently was in this situation where I had a loosened tie at five a.m. That was another question I have: is you know he got a suit for this. You had to improvise a suit to attend a wedding. To a wedding, yeah. And what did I do? I went to that wedding. Wedding went late. Then I slept a little bit. Still in in those clothes. And then I he said loosening tie time. And I loosened the tie. And then I went to the airport at five a.m. or four thirty a.m. And what I was at the airport in a suit with a loosened improvised suit with a loosened tie so very similar absolutely absolutely so so here's i think um yeah i, th I think he, he was out all night interviewing or he was out interviewing and then he somehow ended up being out all night for some reason and then it's morning and he wanders into this bar okay what was he doing all night do you think is he weird. trying to save money on subway yeah, fare? Sure it's weird. I mean, maybe it's like a between lunch and dinner lull. But then why would Coglin be making outside. a? It's dark yeah, outside. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I do, maybe there's an eclipse. So you think it's probably past four a.m. Yeah, I think it's like it feels because like it's like five thirty a.m. Because the TJ like Fridays would just be locked up. It was eight a.m. in the morning. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's like Coglin's been up all night, you know, tending bar. Sure. And now he's, you know, drunk and or you know, recovering from that night of, you know, so tending bar two a.m. Then he's then or whatever tending bar till three a.m. Then starts drinking, and now this is post drinking. He's trying to wake up and you know get out of there. I. I mean, 
I why was Brian Flanagan like this over here? See, yeah, wait. Where our sync is is disrupted a bit. Yeah, I wonder why. Actually, I know why. Press press down. I was trying to scroll down. But I take full credit. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to succeed. We got listeners well, at home that are synced up with us here. Would you? Would you? Well, uh, this quick. is this is true because I do this here. Uh, would you hire Brian Flanagan? No. Here are things that are good about him. He always wanted to work on Wall Street. I mean, I feel like I'd hire him for the mailroom. He reads the journal. Right? That's what you'd do for a guy like this. You'd hire him for the mailroom. It's like, oh, go get her. Like, you know, he's into it. He's going to work hard at any position. Mail room anymore. Put, well, they did in these days. No, not... But art is not... In the 80s? Back in the day, it's like high school education. That's good. Mailroom. Now it's like you need a college degree. In the 80s, even. Yeah, this is keeping yeah. Brian Flanagan's out of the business well, world. Not, the, not for the mailroom. Yeah, but they don't they don't promote the mailroom. Back in the seventies. Well, but he says he'll take even a Kodak he he'll, janitor. He says he'll, make it he'll start at the bottom. Yeah, but you can't work your way from the bottom anymore. They don't. No, but he says he will start at the bottom. But they don't hire at the bottom. They, they, they subcontract people, out. They need people for the mailroom. They subcontract out. By the eighties? Yes. No. Yeah. No. Okay, what time? A lot of people on the street. Yeah. So he walks Feels by. Like he it sees, could be evening. He but sees then help if wanted. If it's evening, why wouldn't the TGF Fridays be full? People are cleaning and up. And it's closed, yeah. Yeah, so he's... So he, so weird. So he's going by, and it's early... Maybe they're getting ready for the evening of... Wouldn't you lock the door first, too? Why is the door not locked? Well, it's help. they're looking for help. I like how the first introduction of Co Coughlin uh, is that he flips a glass. It's like, I, I do flip. What's the matter? Find a hair in your quiche? No, I'm looking for a job. I see. You want to put a hair in somebody else's quiche? Just get canned? I'm looking. Looking for something better. Coglin's Law. Anything else is always something better. Coglin's Law? Douglas Coglin. Logical negativist. Flourished in the last part of the 20th century. Propounded a set of laws that the world generally ignored to its detriment. Me. Ever work behind the bar? My uncle's in the business. You know how to make a red eye, Mr. What's your name? Brian Flanagan. No, I'm sorry I haven't had the pleasure as yet. What about a vodka martini with a perno float? I'm a fast learner. To throw a 400 pound psycho. They said it was quaint. All right, so we got three drinks mentioned there. Still remember the yes. Day they came the, red eye, the red eye. The red eye. Vodka martini with a perno float. So what are you going to do now? Yes. And the 400-pound psycho. That's not actually a drink he's talking about. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, oh, because he's talking about how do you get a 400-pound psycho out no of the bar. No way. Yeah. The, yeah. Do you recognize her? It Wouldn't it be great to have a drink? 400-pound psycho? Mary-Kate Harris? No, I don't recognize her. No. What is she? Is she one of the people in the interview montage? Yeah. Okay, good. If you want to hire her, I have your... I don't. I don't. Um, so... So, okay. Douglas Coughlin. Sure. Logical negativist. Logical negativist. What does that mean? It's a It's a pun. Oh, because logical what? positivism is a thing? It's a plan word. Logical positivism, which is basically... Posti pos possum. Logical possumism. Yeah, so it, it's kind of the entire idea of positivism itself uh, came from... It's like, hey, um, things are great, but we're going to be smart about it. 
Yeah, so it, it has to do more with the fact that it's about certainty. Are you sure? Are you positive? Sure. So part of positivism, I believe it, it goes back, uh, first coined... Around on the house. For everybody, he says. Uh, you know, years and years before, yeah, I, I don't know when it was first used. I was looking at this. Positivism first used in 1847 in Auguste Comte. Comte. Uh, but in logical positivism, uh, was started in the mid-20th century, the Vienna Circle. Uh, it was flourished between the 20s and 30s. But it kind of expanded to all ideas of truth, the idea of the scientific method. And basically, if you're saying if you are sure of anything, you're positive, it needs to be shown with, with evidence. Okay. Um, and it was and kind so of, Coughlin is saying if you're not sure of anything, it needs to be shown with evidence. Well, I mean, and we, so, so just I think scientific truth being expanded to the idea of like any knowledge that is not, you know, cannot be verified is meaningless. That is another kind of tenet of logical positivism. So it, it's a play on words. Positivism makes it sound like an optimist. But in fact, it means positive in saying like, oh, the method of truth. Sure. When Coughlin says I'm a negativist, it means it's He's implying pessimist. I'm a pessimist. Yeah. But it means like I'm also a philosopher. It's a clever line. It's a fairly clever line, yeah. Yeah. Coughlin is clever. Is it? Yeah. And then he introduces himself as if he's part of an encyclopedia entry. Yeah, which is also, which is very fun. It's very fun, absolutely. I also like that his opening line is find a hair. Or, well, uh, Brian Flanagan says, I want I want to talk to the manager. He says, find a hair in your quiche. Yeah. Um, which, uh, well, A, I think the comeback, or the, like, he says, no, I want a job. He says, oh, you want to put a hair in someone else's quiche. I think that's fun. The other thing I think is weird here, though, is find a hair in your quiche. Does TGI Friday serve quiche? Are you saying that's, like, too fancy? I don't think TGI... I'm going to look it up. I mean, in the 80s... TGI Fridays. In the mid-80s... Was TGI Fridays, like, the nicest place in town? Well, it started as a singles bar. It was kind of the... It opened up the idea of a singles bar. Do singles like quiche? Singles love quiche. I'm willing to start at the bottom. I'm not seeing any. There's Tuscan spinach dip at TGI Fridays. I don't think that counts as quiche. The 1980s was the time of the quiche. That's the thing too. Like in the past, but has TGI Fridays ever served quiche? Mizono Japanese Steakhouse. If you have something like exists and disappears in the past, there's no trace of it in the internet anymore. If you want to find details about the Misono Steakhouse. Good luck. You will mm. not find details of the Manhattan Minnesota Steakhouse. If you want to find details of mid-80s TGI Fridays... Uh, menu items? Menu items. Good luck. I'm certainly not seeing any quiche here. I can, I can try to call my mom right now because she worked at TGI Fridays to see if they... See if they ever serve quiche? Yeah, that, yeah. that would be useful. Okay. So I'm on yeah. the phone. Okay. You want to bring her in on the... No. Okay. I'll, just, I'll just take a phone call. Alrighty, well, um, while he's doing that... Um, oh, here we go. TGI Fridays mozzarella sticks with... No, 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 not quiche. Not quiche. Um, well, you know. Yeah. We'll find out. Any any tasty treats? Oh, there's lots of tasty treats. Hey, what's the last time you've been to a TGI Fridays? Never. Huh. Yep. That's too bad. Uh, oh, TGI Fridays signature cocktails, but signature is spelled with an I instead of an A. Well, I will the see sig- if I can... Signature. Easy to learn. My uncle's in the business. <laughs> Reminds me of a certain no, uh, in Torito uh, video. Okay, so well, here's a coupon for 20% off your table's entire purchase. Oh, that's pretty good. I'm a fast learner. Wow, TJ Fridays. We do not endorse uh, TJ Fridays. 
But, you know, just saying. If I start typing in my T9, if I start typing quiche, quiche. Uh, it starts uh, typing uh, suicide. Make a million? They are closely related. Okay. So, any other stuff here? So well, okay, so we don't really we get the first Coglin's Law. <laughs> okay, so why don't you, why don't you Let's hit play the intro to... We have, uh, you can just play a sound effect. Coglin's... <laughs> Coglin's Law. This is Coglin's Laws. All right, so what do we got? What Coglin's Law are we talking about? Coglin's Law number one. Anything else is always something better. She walks down the street and knocking them dead. Stole window dummies even turn their head. Shut up. That was Coglin's Law. All right, that was Coglin's Law. Round on the house. Drinks for everybody. That was a fun segment. That was a great segment. Yeah, so... Anything else is always something better. That's a good. That's a good phrase. I mean, is that is that? It's more essentially the grass is always greener. I was gonna say, is there anything more that brings to the table and the grass is always greener? No, but it is rephrased in a Coglin sense. He says, "I'm looking for something better." That's sure. Have you ever powerful stuff? Is that a good thing to say if you're trying to get uh to get hired? Um, because it does flatter the company that you're applying to. It does flatter. Well, he says you just get fired. You just get canned. And he's like saying, like, no, I'm not a failure. I'm looking for something. Looking better. for something better. Yeah. Is that a good thing to say? Or does um, it make you sound like you're restless and you're? Yeah, I think it's like no, I, you know, yeah, I don't want any of those. I'm, I'm going for something else. Yeah, it's I'm a go getter. I mean, he speaks to his character. He could have come on and say, you know, I've always wanted to work at TGI Fridays. Yeah. I read the TGI Friday <laughs> yeah. Journal. Yeah. No, I think with with Coglin actually this works quite well because Coglin has similar ambitions, and it actually I think you know that is. Probably that's certainly one of the lines in which Coglin would have realized, oh, I like this guy, right? It's like, oh, he's looking for something better. So am I. We can be partners in this. So if you're describing, would you describe Uncle Pat as ambitious? I mean, the no. Uncle Pat is is a stalwart. He's trying to maintain what he has. He's not trying to get more. But Coglin is trying to get more. He has ambitions of holding on to his Uncle Pat, domain. Uncle Pat is investing in he has money market ambitions. bonds. Right? Uncle Pat is a bond investor. Coglin is a Bitcoin investor. So he's just... He's trying to catch lightning in a bottle. So, I mean, so is Flanagan. They're one and the same in that respect. I mean, the, the, I, Coglin, how much he really cares and how much he is glibly floating through life is, is a question. Um, he kind of wins because he never really puts his heart into things. Sure, but he also has some pretty specific ambitions, which we'll get into in the future, right? But, I mean, he definitely... Well, let's stick within the film we can actually analyze. I, okay, all right, fine. But, you know, but he's... I don't think... I wouldn't call Coglin unmotivated. I think he certainly has motivation. But his motivations do not align with the TGI Friday's no, uh, manifesto. No, this is just a stepping stone. Yes, which is, it's kind of a way of saying, you know, don't ride with the ships, but instead have the ships orbit around you. Sure. Yeah, and that's, and Flanagan, Class, Brian classics. Flanagan is right there with him. I think they, they 
in the, this conversation sets up them correctly identifying each other as compatriots in this journey. But Flanagan was not even that specific. He doesn't even understand what like businesses are. He just wants to kind of does he want prestige or does he want, just want money? Does he wants he just, money. He wants money. Why? Something better. I mean, like, you know, someone who's a biologist well, wants, would say, wants why success. does anyone want money? It's to in, 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 to increase your mating potential and to spread your genetic profile well, across. Well, he said he doesn't want that outright. Which is the thing. I mean, base, yeah, I mean. Yeah. No, I think he wants money so that he, I mean, I, I don't, I would interpret it more as money is freedom, right? Like, he wants. He wants to escape from Uncle Pat. Yes. Yeah. He wants, he wants the freedom to chart his own course in yeah. the world. And and that is not going to happen if he's, you know, working for McDougal and, and, like, subservient to Uncle Pat. Is it a good idea that he goes back to his old apartment? Because it sounds like he could have just pretended this doesn't exist. Well, Uncle Pat did give him $10, so, yeah, great idea. But Uncle, yeah, that's, his, that's the stepping stone. No such thing as a free lunch with Uncle Pat. That's true. If Uncle Pat gives you $10, he was, he was, you're going to be paying yes, 50 bucks he was, a lot. He was very smart to refuse those $10. That actually could have established a business relationship that would have sunk him. Yeah. 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 Uncle Pat would have owned like 20% of whatever ventures he had. That's what a lot you know. of like the, like the worst economists would say. It's like, what we need in the future is young people, when they don't have, you know, when they're not credit worthy, they should allow people to invest in their, in their, in their education yeah. and they get a cut of all future earnings. It's like, holy. Wow, that's the worst idea. <laughs> yeah, because it's a feudal system. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's the worst idea. Uh, a lot of people look at that guy's with the cigarette machine in the back. Is that interesting? No. It's very. I think that's very interesting. They do all say, is making a bar that's unattractive to be around? Uncle Pat's bar is just actively unpleasant. Yes. I, think, I, think, I mean, that's intentional. That's clearly intentional. No, no absolutely. I mean, I think You're supposed to well, see this as a place that Brian Flanagan needs to get out of. It's well it's realized. Like, it's like the town and breaking away. Yes. Uh, and... I'm going to give you a first lesson. The town's okay. In breaking away? Yeah, I mean, people have bigger dreams, but it's it's not as, like, kind of gross as this is. I've been to a bar many times that, like, is like this. We used to play uh, pool and, and golden tee golf, and a bar looked exactly like this. Filled with cigarette smoke. It's like the town in breaking away. That's a good point. Uh, one thing I want to point out when he goes out the subway. Sure. Uh, so let me Out of the Wall Street subway? Eddie's clothes are really good. That's a great shirt. I love that shirt. Eddie, Eddie does, does not seem very smart. I mean, I think he is doled with drink. Mm. Um, high rollers. Do you remember um, uh, it, um, Captain uh, Captain Hook? Hook. <laughs> do you remember Captain Hook? Captain what? No, sorry. Do you remember um, Uncle Pat? <laughs> I said Captain. I meant Uncle. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. Ow, that hurts. Okay. Do you remember? Do you remember Uncle Pat's four things? Four things you must do. I wrote it down. Outwork. Outwork. Outthink. outthink outscheme. And, and outmaneuver. And my question is, how is outscheming different than outmaneuvering? Uncle Pat is not very smart. Do, is there a difference between scheming and maneuvering? I guess scheming, scheming is, says is about I'm gonna planning. S- yes. Okay, yeah. Maneuvering is the inaction part. What? There's a side of that building over there. It's like a shack. On the side of it, the door you walk in, mm. written up with the letters you put on the side of a house, like a mailbox, it says cold soda. Like, on just sure. a door. Yeah. It's weird, because it's, like, it's not the part where you're, like, as attractive as the door to get in, but it's just written cold soda. Cold soda. Well, if you want a cold soda, you know where to get it. 
I do really... There's a lot of panning shots very quickly moving across buildings. Natural light in New York City. This look over here is like every high-end car ad for about 10 years. From the mid-80s to the mid-90s. Uh, you mean these panning shots across buildings? No, just like the way the light is on every, every, everything in these rooms. There's a certain... Oh, in the rooms. Oh, I yeah. see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, it's... Car ads, though? I don't know where you're going. No, it's very light. It reminds me a lot of uh, Nestor Almendros. 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 Tom Cruise, uh, significant eyebrows. You don't notice about the, that about him a lot. Uh, In this movie, though, comes... Here we go, here we go, John Candy. Get ready. Get ready, John Candy's going to show up. Please watch. And there he is. He's crossing the street. John Candy. John Candy, right there. Not even very good. You even see him in the next scene. Keep watching. Keep watching. Not even He very stays good. there and then he tries to cross. There he goes. He's crossing the street. It's John Candy. Very good. Um, no, 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 no. No. What is that? No. Oh. I no, want John Candy. When <laughs> I think <laughs> of. <laughs> it's weird. No, uh, I was thinking like different movies remind me of kind of the fact that movies used to be kind of darker in certain mm. certain uh, time. Like, like uh, the Dark City. Like the Dark City. No, uh, movies that used to be a very kind of dark movie. Uh, I've not seen that. Uh, Have you ever seen the Dark be, City? It's just called Dark City. Um, not it's just called Dark City. No, da. No, okay. da. Dark City. You haven't seen Dark City? I know it's like Roger Ebert's top movie of the year when it came out. I've not seen it. Very well regarded movie. Yeah, I've seen it. Just say. But when I think of of movies that I think. Sound like they like you get this kind of sparkly, crunchy mm. feeling of kind of like mm. of of mm. urban daylight. Yeah, Kramer versus Kramer. I think it was a very early movie that I think had a very mm. unusual kind Vague of visual look. tone. Mm. Uh, and Sophie's Choice was something else that had that same thing afterwards. And they're they're both uh, made uh, by uh, the same cinematographer. Is there a notable like sort of progression? Of, and I see that here. Is, is there a notable progression? Of we have seen. There's no neon here. These scenes, these New York scenes, no neon, right? And we're going to see a progression in this movie of neon becoming very prominent, right? But, like, 1980s New York, and we haven't seen any neon yet. Um, Weird. This was this this was the font of the 80s. Does this, does this ad remind you of the way the movie feels? I feel like that typeface feels like how the New York... Sure, yeah, the car, car ads, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know you meant printed car ads. No, I, I, meant, meant, every, like I meant everything. Video though. car ads. I actually okay. did mean video car ads, but they're all the same. All right. They're we, all the same vibe. We do... We need to talk about... We've got the drink of the app, and we've got flare in the air. we got to get through these segments. Well, flare in the air is an afterthought. I'm just saying, there's a lot of stuff we have to, we have to get done here real fast, so... I'll do it at my own deliberate speed. Let's figure that out. I think we should what? talk about Drink of the App. Okay? Sure. Yeah, so this is his Drink of the App. For goodness sake, I got the hippie, hippie shades. Yeah, I got the shades. I got the hippie, hippie shades. All right, this is Drink of the App. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, so uh, Drink of the App. This is where we design a drink to capture how this app what, what is is that really what the loons sound like after like half an hour? Loons are yeah, they, they get crazier and crazier. Hmm. Okay. Okay, let's talk about Drink of the Up. I think you need to kill the sound. That's not the sound of Drink of the Up. Oh sorry. You can't talk over this. Alright, well, let's let's do the real Drink of the Up music. Ready? Good. 
Apparently, post-traumatic stress is listening to this. Cocktail music is the worst music. This is the worst soundtrack. Oh, it's fantastic. It's Cocktail the, soundtrack is so good. It's so you feel like you're awful, in the 80s. Awful. Okay, awful. this is Drink of the App. This is where we come up with a drink based on this app. So, and I think... Oh, so with Red Eye, we're going to talk about next show. So forget about the Red Eye for now. Just put it out of your mind. Out of your mind. Don't absolutely. even dare think I mean, about a red there eye. There is a very interesting thing Coglin does in this episode, but we're going to talk about next episode. Next step. Even though we don't see it next step, we're just going to re- remember it. We're going to re- put it in your brain. Okay, well, I'd like to comment on it. By the way, these things that he's looking at, hmm. did, did you know, like, you know, the, the, the towers? The twin know? towers? No, on his side that, like, are used for part of the dock and everything. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the, you mean the shipping towers? Yeah, you know yeah what, sure. Do you know what those are called? Da- Dowers? Gantries. Gantries, like a gantry lift. Like, yeah. Yeah. I did not know that until I was looking that up. Okay. So here's, I, there is another drink mentioned in this episode that's not the red eye. It is a vodka martini with a perno float. And I feel like that's actually appropriate to the uh, interview process here. Well, yeah, so I mean, but that's that's an existent drink. We have to make sure yeah, we can use that as a base. We can use that as an inspiration. I think we should do something vodka based. I mean, the argument for being vodka Vodka is, is Madison Avenue all over it. I mean, it captures the kind of gray, you know, yes. day, daylight, you know, Daylight drenched. gray on Madison Avenue is Absol- vodka. Absolutely. So we got yeah, a vodka I'd, base. Vodka base. Okay. So let's see. Vodka base. I would say this is the kind of thing where people, they're drinking it at their lunch and they want to kind of, mm. they, they don't want to basically overload it. So I'd say they're going to do one and a half ounces. One and a half ounces vodka. This is this is a lunchtime lunchtime drink. So half an ounce of. Uh, what about orange juice? Uh, so that's a, I was gonna say orange juice, then I said apple juice. That's a really good idea. <laughs> that's inspired. That's going in there. One half ounce of apple juice. Okay, uh, ounce and a half of vodka, half an ounce of apple juice. Okay, a this, perno float. Well, you, I think a perno float makes a is lot it, of sense. Yeah, perno float. Before we get to the Pernod float, though, we've How got... How are the apple and the, and the, the anise flavoring of the, the Pernod really going to play off each other? The, really gonna, well. Actually, you think so? I think it's going to There's only one growth. way to know. Well, when are we actually going to drink these? Because I think we need Every to review day. our drinks. Yeah, we will review our drinks. I'm not drinking last episode's one because I hate Pachin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will, I will sample it and let... And you can you can okay. vote in that stems you. Um, uh, and then um, what else do we need here? Maybe a little bit of um, Chambord. Uh, what does Chambord taste like? I don't know. I think it's like a is. <laughs> right, well, let's let, we have to write yeah, what you know. things we know. Okay. Um, what about like um, what's up? This apple juice. Apple this, juice. Mm. Apple juice is always mm. my least favorite juice. Tasty. Because it's just it. It's like I want cranberry mm. juice. It's like oh well, we're gonna fill it out with apple. Yeah. It's just it's it's always what you never want. Apple juice. Apple juice. <laughs> there needs to be some, okay. So these, these are all kind of you know tangy. Yeah, we need something flavors. not tangy. You we need, need something, something savory like to, to wake your tongue up yeah. in the front. Yes, like a cinnamon cinnamon liqueur. Yeah, I think you need like. Um, well, oh, I know exactly what you need. What? Uh, one uh, atomic fireball. Yeah. Fireball. Yeah, atomic yeah, fireball. fireball. Yeah, fireball. Fire. Not oh, an atomic, an actual atomic fireball. Like the like candy, a, like not a fireball yeah, to drink. Like, like a red atomic fireball you, candy. You can substitute with fireball whiskey. No, you cannot put whiskey in. What this. What about tin cup whiskey, the frontier whiskey? Uh, so this is a garnish and a flavoring. Okay, one atomic fireball. Okay, so we got vodka, half, one and a half ounce vodka, half ounce apple juice, an atomic fireball, 
and a perno float. I think this is actually finished. And a sprinkle of cinnamon? No, you have one garnish. It's nothing. Yeah. You have the cinnamon okay. from the right, that's fireball. Fair. I think that's fine. Okay, I like it. Are, are you just going to drop it in? What? No, you yeah, you, like, you dunk the fireball. You don't, like, cut it. No, no, you dunk it. How are you expecting to drink oh, this? Oh, you think it won't, the flavor won't get into it, it enough will, if but you don't, don't cut like, it? You might just soak it or something. Cutting an atomic fireball is real difficult, though. Not if you build your bar around it. I Where feel the, like you're going to actually cut your finger off trying to cut an atomic fireball. Not if you have a machine that does it. Oh, an atomic fireball slicing machine? Yeah. Ooh, what if you use like a, um, like a, like a, um, like a meat slicer. Like a meat slicer. Use a meat slicer to slice the atomic fireball into small, like, segments. I'll say atomic fireball slice. Sliced atomic fireball. I like it. Okay. okay that's atomic good. fireball slices, apple juice, uh, vodka. Well, what, what glass? And a I perno mean, float. I, I oh, clearly... this is in a Manhattan glass. You mean like an oversized martini glass, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's... Yeah. A large martini glass. Oversized martini glass. It's going to look kind of small in it. Is that, is, is that a problem? Um, well, the atomic fireball is going to add some bulk. Not much. Not much. Should we put, we should add, just add water. <laughs> I mean, you could add a little bit of uh, an ounce of sparkling uh, seltzer. Ooh. Yeah, I like it. I like it. An ounce of sparkling seltzer. Yep. That that means we can't shake it, though. But I think as we can stir it. Well, That's it's, fine. It's obviously stirred. It's okay. Okay, cool. And okay, so... All right, and what are we going to call this? We're going to call this The Manhattan. Oh, that's a good name. Uh, uh, I, I, have, I have a name. The Unsuccessful Interview. Uh, the Rejection. What about Three Avenues? Three Avenues. That's not a drink name, though. What about, Third Avenue is a drink name. What about Another Avenue? Uh, well, what is he, what's the quote? The quote was... You should pursue Another Avenue. Uh, you should pursue Other Avenues. Other Avenues. I don't think that's a drink name. Another Avenue. That's not a drink name. One more Avenue. Not, none well, of these are drink names. Well, okay, so Avenue is a pretty good place to start what with. What about Hair in Your Quiche? What about Manhattan Avenue? Manhattan Avenue. Mm. Madison Avenue? Um, no, because it's only part of it. The Madison Interview. Ha having interview... Okay, we got... We got We're getting a phone call. Okay, so uh, uh, answer... Uh, TJ Fridays did not serve quiche. No quiche at TJ but Fridays. I knew it. I this, knew it. This was she only worked there up to the early eighties. Sure. By eighty eight, not sure. Okay, what are we calling this drink? Rockefeller Plaza. That'd be a good one. Rockefeller Plaza. You need to capture everything of this part. Of I the know. Scene. I know. I know. Um, New York Minute. That's a good drink name. New York Minute. Great I, movie too. I think I starring think you're, Eugene you're, Levy. You're going something that's a little bit too. New York interview? I okay, that's actually something I like better. The the New York interview? The New York interview. I mean, yeah, I'm all for that. The man, yeah, the, the Manhattan interview? interview. The Manhattan. Interviews. The problem with putting Manhattan in a drink name is then you assume it's a Manhattan, which is kind of funny, but yeah. not. Manhattan interviews. I think I think the New York interview. But uh, inadequate resume. The New York City interview. Um. Inadequate resume is funny, but not not appropriate. Yeah. The New York City interview? The New York interview? The New Yorker interview. No. That sounds like an interview in The New Yorker. The New York interview? The New York Magazine interview. The Gotham interview? Please step back from that. The Big Apple interview. And there's apple juice in it. The Big Apple interview. Okay, the Big a, Apple interview. Come on. Actually, Come on. It's a, the Big Apple interview. Uh, or the, just the, Big, the, apple interview. The, Big Apple interview. Big Apple interview. Big Apple interview. Big Apple interview. Big Apple interview? Big Apple interview. Big, Big Apple, Apple interview. interview. I like it. Big. Big Apple interview. What about Apple Avenue interview? <laughs> 
big Apple interview. I'll be honest. I'll be yeah. honest. I like Apple Avenue interview. It needs to be bigger, though. What about... We have to add more seltzer, right? Big Apple interview. Well, I mean, if it's a big Apple interview, it needs to be three ounces seltzer. I think two is fine. Okay, two ounces... Okay, so it's just cut with bad sparkly <laughs> seltzer. Uh, big Apple interview. Okay, good. I think we have a winner. Okay, big Apple interview. Very good. All right, that's been Drink of the App. Very good. All right. Oh, and, that was um, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where'd our movie go? No way. There's our movie. Um, and then when we finish this, we're going to open a bar called Cocktails and Dreams. Yeah, and we're going to serve all of these drinks. Yes. No, um, not me. Yeah, okay. I'm not falling um, that trap. Every man wakes up one fine morning with the Okay, right and we are going to need um, to do one more segment here in our last couple minutes. It's getting, getting down there here. Well, we started late, uh, so we can run a bit late. Oh, can we? Well, actually, taking over for our show is Tom McCarter, who... It was the show before. Unless you're on the podcast, and there will be no show after. What? What? Your nephew comes what? home from serving his country, um, and he doesn't even raise so. a beer on the house? It's a flare in the air. Flare in the air. This is where you take, Here, the, this is where you take the a flare's, flare's eye view. view. This is flare in the air. This is the kind of sound you hear at a bar when you're when liquids are booming around. <laughs> So we went with a pouring sound last week, and it was a little subtle. So I decided to go with a waterfall sound this week, which is a little more... This is the sound of bad flare. This is when a, a person is spilling their product. All over the place. Which means you're you're spilling the profit. You spill the product, you spill the profit. I feel like that's a Coughlin law. Uh, it's actually not. Coughlin's law, you spill the product, you spill the profit. Probably the same to that sounds perfect. To that's a nice old cash register Uncle Pat has. Oh, yeah, I saw that. There's a, there's actually an old cash register in the TGI Fridays as well. I don't know if you noticed that. Well, we, this is the pre-computer age. Okay, so let's talk about, and we should kill a movie at this point, shouldn't we? Isn't that what we do? We never kill a movie. Um, okay, let's talk about um, our ratings for this episode. So it, here in Flare in the Air, we talk about the... We take the Nielsen family ratings. Take the Nielsen family ratings of this five minutes, the movie up until this point, and the movie as a whole as a whole. Sure. And we have to rate them on a one to five scale. Sure. No half stars. Um, mean, medium, the mode, 2.5. That's it, right? Sure. Okay. So, so first we're, we're... First review... Is the movie as a whole. Is as the movie as a whole. As a whole. As a whole. Okay. Ready? Yes. Three, Three two, two, one. one. Four two stars. stars. Two stars. Four stars. Okay. Okay. Movie... Movie as a whole up until this point. Movies a whole up to this point. Okay. 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 Three, two, one. Three four stars. stars. Three stars. I actually confused things, and my rating for the movie as a whole as a whole, I was actually the rating of the movie up until this point. Okay, let's correct this right now before yeah. we get any deeper. Movies as a whole as a whole, I would like to revise to three stars. Okay. Yeah. And movie, movie up until this point, four stars. Okay. Okay. This five minutes. So we both agreed this part of the movie so far is better than the movie on average. Yes. This, fi this five minutes. Three, Three two, two, one. one five three stars. stars. don't know exactly how your averaging <laughs> is working out there, but... I really like this five minutes. It's good. It's the okay. interview scene is fun. It, it's fun. It's very... It's 1980. It's, it's like Joe Azuzu. Yeah. It's like the fast talking. It's okay, very four commercial. Stars. Four stars. Yeah. Four stars. I'm, I'm revising to four stars. 
It's antic. Yeah, this it's is gonna gag. this is gonna make it really difficult to go back and extract our ratings when we need to do the average at the end. But oh, well, we there's John was... Candy. John could... Candy cameo is worth a star. Uh, no. Okay. Anyway, four stars for me. What do you say? John Camdio. John Camdio. Uh. Yeah, I said I don't know. Just check the tape. Tell okay, the, check tell the, tape. the tape. That's okay, been so that's been flare in the air. Very good. All right, we are gonna. Whoa, no, 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 not at all. Uh, okay. Oh, we still got that water in the background. Really. Can't, can't how, how not you have that out. water. There we go. Much better. Okay. So, so any final thoughts? Let's, those moves get incredibly annoying. Um, any final thoughts? I, I, I mean, you're getting healthier. I'm, I've gotten slightly healthier since the beginning of the show. Yes, it has yeah. been a good progression. Um, that has been episode two of an earful cocktail. Let's hippie hippie shake. <laughs>